All right. Here we go. Once I find the intro. It's Alicia. It's Alicia. Alicia, yes! (laughs) Not a cast pod. Oh, I read. Sing it out, girl. Not a cast pod. Sammy. Oh my god, I still say Sammy! He's like, uh, he's like always with us. Who lives so presence. You know what? He texted me yesterday for my birthday, so that's why I've been, he's been oh, on my mind. Nice. I know. What I thought he say? Super sweet. He just said, um, he said, "Hey, Sarah. You know, happy belated birthday. I was really sick over the weekend, so sorry I didn't text you on your actual birthday. But I just wanted to say, you know, I'm thinking about you or whatever. And I was like, oh my god, Sammy, that's so Whoa, sweet. Angel, baby. So I know he is a little, he is a little sweetheart. So anyhow, that was why I, I still sing this song. Like, anyway, I mean, this song anyway, does sound here. a little bit like this is about to be in like the porno dungeon, and I yeah, feel like we're 100%. in the porno dungeon right now. We are in the porno dungeon. We're in a gray padded room with outlets and microphones. <laughs> yes, this is the so I now have two studios, right? You know, and um, I have one at Fox Five, which Fox has been kind enough to let me kind of camp out here because oh, while I'm nice. working on some other projects for them. So sometimes I do it here, and then other times I do it at, at the Improv. But the problem is here; it truly is a dungeon down here. Like but it's it's like very it. odd. I'm warming up to it. You are? I'm now awkwardly petting the wall. <laughs> I know. The walls are very felt. Yeah, They're those yeah. soundproof walls. Uh, welcome to the Hey Frage podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Frazier. I am super excited about our guest host today. And of course, Irene, the intern, is here, hey. who is super popular with everybody. So <laughs> I'm we- like super popular anyway, so... <laughs> I'm just kidding. You are. I have like four friends. <laughs> I am dying to check in with you, Irene, on your Valentine's Day because I oh. think if anyone on this show had like an insane Valentine's Day <laughs> or maybe an insane Valentine's Day fight, it might be you. Oh, 100%. <laughs> You're absolutely correct. Really? Oh, I can't wait to get into that. But Alicia Michelle is here, who yes. is guest co hosting. You've been awesome. You applied to guest co host, which I did. basically just means oh, like dude. an email and then you're in. She was like, Sarah sent me your video, and she's like, so she's in, but you should watch this video. And so the I was video like, The video is great, right? The video is fucking awesome. I mean, it was precious. I, I loved mean, it. You yeah. are so, first of all, a little backstory for everybody listening today on the podcast. Alicia and I worked at 1073 yes. for almost two years. Yeah. And you yeah. did every shift. You would be weekends, <laughs> you'd be midday fill-ins, you'd be morning, you'd be I nights. said yes. You said yes. I said yes. How All long? the time. And I can't remember, how long were you in radio? I basically have been doing radio part-time okay. ever since I graduated from college. I mean, my major was broadcast journalism. So I worked at a jazz station while I was in college. Which I have a very good jazz voice. Oh, you oh, you know what? You, you do. do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jazz jazz radio. You know what? Or an out. NPR voice. You almost should be NPR as See, well. See, this is the thing. Everyone in news was like, you need to do music radio. And then when I would go to music radio stations, they would say, you need to be doing news. So I was like, what am I supposed to be doing? Your oh, that name sounds isn't like, what am I supposed long to be enough for being an NPR radio person. You're yeah, not like, kalada kalada at Dudara. Like like the names and like the names of NPR I always Are you talking were the, about the Kojian um on show or whatever he is? I can never say his oh, name. Yeah. yeah. I, it's yeah. something like that. 
There's also you like right, there's Cherry Glazer, which I always thought was hilarious growing up. These are also the NPR people from my hometown, so maybe I'm fucking it all up. Oh. And you guys have no idea what I'm talking about. We don't. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. There's there's I'm gonna find the name, actually. Okay. You guys keep talking. You Google the name. Well anyway, I am very excited to have you co hosting. And this is exciting for well, actually, I don't know. Do you are you willing to talk about everything in your personal life? I don't wanna be like I, I, I'm pretty much an open book. Are you? I a was going to say, this is like back-to-back lesbian co-hosts. Because last week we had oh, a really? lesbian, yeah, a white lesbian co-host. Now so it wasn't hot... as good. <laughs> <laughs> so then it wasn't as good, basically. So now we have a hot basically. black lesbian yeah. co-host. <laughs> but do you identify, I feel like I can't say that to people anymore. Because I don't think anyone really identifies well, as. Well, I identify as queer. As queer. Okay, what's that mean? Well, for me, like being queer is kind of like a way of life. Being a lesbian or being gay is just like your sexuality. Whereas I think being queer is, I hate to say like, oh, it's like being a, you know, it's a lifestyle, you know? I hate saying that. But in my mind, you could be a lesbian and racist. You can't be racist and queer. Ooh. I get that. Okay. Oh, my God. I feel like my mind has been blown. Yeah. This is like, wait, why can't you be a racist lesbian, a a racist queer? Because queer. Because being queer it really is all about, it, it truly is kind of a way of life. I, I'm so not prepared to talk about this, I think. <laughs> I'm totally going to jack this up. But no, I, I think that being queer, it's how you see folks. It's not seeing gender in people. Oh. It's about being sort of progressive-minded in many different ways. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, I, I think being queer is having kind of a holistic, inclusive mind. Oh. Uh, yeah. It's not just, I want to sleep with someone of the same, you know, gender assigned at birth. That's awesome. That's amazing. I did not even realize that that queer had deeper meaning than oh, yeah. just... Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. Now I feel very like, oh, I want to be queer. Yeah. I mean, in theory, you could be queer. <laughs> you could Can be, you be you can, can you be queer? straight queer, sort of? Or like queer, just... but attracted to the opposite sex. Yeah. Well, because some people actually say that being queer is you can be bisexual as well. You can be pansexual if you're queer. Uh, you can be attracted to trans folk when you're queer. It isn't just I am attracted to someone of the same gender assigned at birth mm-hmm. as myself. Oh, Yes. All right, Alicia, we're learning a ton. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Bucket well, of knowledge. On top of that, and Bucket you were... knowledge. <laughs> oh, wait. I got to play the... Uh, hold on. Let me play the disclaimer so we can really swear here. Yeah, we need to do that. This is a statement intended to specify or delimit the scope of rights and obligations that may be exercised and forced by parties... Mm-hmm. Jane C. of Atari. That's one. The From NPR. I'm looking up all the names of NPR people. These are all the NPR people in your neighborhood. Mandelita Barco. No clue. Can't fucking pronounce that for shit. Anyway, a lot of weird names. A lot of weird names <laughs> at NPR. A lot well, of weird smart people. We have a ton of. of stories to talk about. Yes. So I sent you an enormous amount of show prep. And this is the first week, by the way, that I'm doing the Hey Frage podcast once a week. Yet last Ooh. week, I put out this statement. You know, I, I've i been so... This podcast has been so, so, so amazing for many reasons. And I feel like when you start something from the heart that you genuinely love to do, of course, that attracts other people. And so Fox who I've worked with on a contributor basis for a long time, came to me probably about a year ago and loved the Hayfresh podcast and then wanted to do this key card podcast. Then since then, they've said, 
okay, let's do another another type of podcast. So I pitched a true crime podcast to them, Ooh. which I'm working on now. So I've had to at least temporarily take the Hey for Hey podcast to once a week. And I put that out on my Facebook last week and people were, you know, mixed feelings. Everybody was really sad and they were like, oh my God, please don't let this be the end of it. And I'm like, <sighs> no, it's not the end, but it is. Sometimes I think you have to, for me anyway, I know myself, I have to be all in on something. Or I have to scale back in other areas. So temporarily, the Hey Frage podcast is going to go to once a week on Wednesdays, and it's going to be longer, which I'm excited about because I feel like when you do three a week, it's a lot of show prep. It's a lot of booking guests. It's a lot of behind the scenes. So this way, I feel like we can not worry about time, and we can really kind of get into some of these topics that people want to hear about even more. Sounds good. I mean, you're in high demand. That's basically (laughs) what you're saying. You're saying that you're in high demand. And that we can only get little pieces of you, and we should just be grateful for what we get. Super prepared, and so she put three days of show prep into today's show prep. So you guys really are getting plenty. It's like too much. As if I didn't have plans last night for Valentine's Day. So thank you. So thank you, Sarah. Oh my God, I know. And you have to read all this crap. <laughs> um, anyhow, look, we have a million stories to get to. A recap of our Valentine's Day. I want to hear how you guys, how yours was. And I'll tell you, I, I just have to share, like, funny stories. Dan is a guy, wondering if anyone else dates a significant other, where they, like, really sometimes are super romantic and they just knock it out of the park. And then other times you're like, what the fuck? Like, where did this come from? <laughs> so my birthday, I'll just tease you with this. My birthday involved... An eight-course vegan dinner. Sarah's not vegan. Dan and I aren't vegan. Sarah's birthday is also the day before Valentine's Day, a.k.a. Desperation Day. Right. Just so we all know. So basically every man wants to date you because they're like, two for... Yeah, but I feel like they don't want to date me because it's like double the gifts, back to back. Or they can be like, one Or just one. (laughs) Oh, I would not accept that. Oh, no. (laughs) No. No no way. Come on. Let's be millennial women. No, I love gifts. Millennial women who are open to one gift. (laughs) Okay, I love that thought, ladies. But no, I love gifts. And I love double the gifts and double the dinners. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, that is fire. But then on the other end of it, my birthday gift was a novelty Kate Spade clutch in the form of a gallon of ice cream. That was super fucking cute. <laughs> okay. I saw that on your Snapchat. Okay. That was perfect. Okay. So I'll, that I'll, get, in, I'll get into more. You also threw it on your lap, and I loved it. <laughs> well, I know. We were like, I was like, okay, hon. Anyway, I'll tell you more about my Valentine's Day. I want to hear about yours. Also, I'm a little obsessed with this story. I mean... Has anyone been following this crazy Kim Jong-un having his um, half-brother assassinated with poison in the face? What? I mean, who doesn't want to do that to their (laughs) half-brother? Like, right? No. Yes. No. What? I think a lot of people can relate. I... But it's a crazy story. read that in, like, I don't know if y'all are familiar with the very popular Metro newspaper Express. Yes, here in D.C. (laughs) Yeah. But they basically shove in your face. You have no choice but to take it. And you're like, fine, I'll read it. And they always have, like, a cute first page and then, like, actual shit on the, in the rest of it. And I read that this morning, and I was very surprised about it. And I don't know enough about it to, like... Oh, to talk about it? Well, neither well, do we, but yeah, we don't I, know. <laughs> yeah. I, just, <laughs> yeah, I just don't know enough about, like, the King Jong-un, like, whole situation. 
But well, the fact that crazy. he killed his half-brother with poison in the face does not He's crazy. Me. Well, we'll get into that story more. I also want to talk about, did you read the article that was, that's been circulating for the past week? A, a woman, a female writer, says that women are too alpha in their relationships. And that's essentially why millennial women cannot find love. I mean, yes. And I'm dying to know your thoughts because I feel okay. like you might... I don't know. I think you might have, Alicia, a whole nother take on this story. A whole nother level. A whole nother level. A whole nother level. I wonder if you... Give me the... Really quick. Do you agree with this story or not? I actually slightly agree. Oh! I knew it was going to be good. I knew you'd be good. Okay. We will discuss that. I also want to talk about that. And then um, also, I mean, there's just like a million stories I have to get to. If you're making a murderer fan also for the first time, you remember creepy prosecutor Ken Kratz. He's coming out with a bombshell book that essentially accuses Netflix and the two, um, the two women that produced Making a Murderer of editing to make things look different than what they are. So I'll, we'll get into that yeah. article too. So Arlene, they're just did, doing their job as an editor. <laughs> Right. Well, he says it was bias in the sense that they truly edited out other information that mm-hmm. made Brendan Dassey complete that his guilty conviction should not be overturned. Stephen Avery did do it. And but Netflix wanted a story of these two innocent men. Look what's happening in our justice system when Ken Kratz is saying that's absolutely not what the case was. Well, that's I just see. because he looked horrible on the documentary. <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, it's Come on. bias. Like, Good point. And we're buying your story. Good point. Um, Be sure to review this podcast, by the way. You know, you can download the podcast on iTunes. Be sure to leave a review there today if you get a chance. And then also, don't forget, um, tickets are almost sold out for our 7.30 p.m. show. uh, April. February 24th. I'm like, April. February 24th. DCimprov.com. So be sure to get those. um, You'll want to pick those up. Let's start with our Valentine's Day uh, event. So I kind of gave you the the brief about mine over the past couple of days, and I'm still trying to figure this out. I, I won't name the restaurant because here's what I feel bad, and I posted this on my social media. I feel so bad for vegan people. Are you vegan, Alicia? I am not vegan. Are you vegan, Irene? No, I was close to it for like four years. Here's my thing. Weren't we all? <laughs> Weren't we all? <laughs> Weren't we all vegetarian? And then we're like, what about that Costco rotisserie chicken? It was like, but bacon. 100%. But, but bacon. bacon. So... Here's the thing. Um, We went to this place, and it was so nice. And two days a week, they do just an exclusive eight-course vegan dinner, right? And it's really pretty. It's beautiful. They bring it out in these little, like, um, terrarium-looking presentations, right? But it's basically three baby turnips in some pureed, uh, you know, hummus. And you're like, where the hell's the rest (laughs) of this shit? And... So Dan surprised me on Monday night. I was looking forward to like a really good birthday dinner, right? Like, um, you know, I love Del Campo, like, you know, endless meats and bread. Did you tell him you like wanted that though? No. I just said surprise me because we like to everyone Surprise me with exactly what I want. I'm I'm not going to lie though. I I, like my mind might be getting like super, super vulgar and like way too vulgar for the podcast. it can't. But I'm having flashbacks of the episode of Sex and the City. Okay. When Kim Cattrall... Uh, Samantha was dating oh, the man yeah. with the funky spunk. And so then was like, oh, but everything else is so amazing about this man. How can I get the spunk not so funky? And then they went to one of those raw vegan places 
to make the smoke a little bit better. <laughs> no, it does work. What you eat, like, definitely, it definitely affects your taste. Drastically, yeah. I mean, it didn't work on Sex in the City. It didn't work on Sex in the City. It didn't work there. It does but, work in real life. Um, does it? Well, if you eat, like, a salad once, I don't think it changes the way your cum tastes. You've got to, like, do it repeatedly. Yeah. That's why, yeah, I feel like it's the old adage, like, you have to, and it's water, as women, people, you are what you water, <laughs> yeah, water, <laughs> it's all you need is water, just drink water. Please, we want your bodily fluids to taste at least neutral. Yeah, just if water. If not pineapple, neutral. We don't need the vegan. Maybe Dan was trying to send me a signal. <laughs> it could be, but also maybe I've got to start BO, tasting myself. But more. it's a bo thing too. Well, he it's knows. not just that; it's a bo thing. So maybe Dan was having some bo issues. Oh, and wanted to make sure the mood would be set just right, just right for the night. Oh, interesting. Because you're like a super mindful eater, and maybe he thought that just like equated to like fancy vegan dinner. I think that's what he was thinking. Or okay. it was a mistake, and maybe Dan didn't even know what he was taking you to. Yeah, that's right. I'm going with that. <laughs> I'm he, go with that's that. such a boy thing. Be like, eight courses? Sounds good. Sounds great. And then showed up and was like vegan, and then was like, see? Don't you love vegetables, Sarah? We're going to try this out. So we did, and you know, God bless the vegans. Like, they put so much work like I said it was beautiful like every course was gorgeous and then they even took the time to make imitation caviar out of seaweed and I thought oh lord Stop this it. is so much work and everything tasted like dirt no matter what way <laughs> I mean honest to god the, the imitation stuff everything tasted like seaweed mixed with dirt and you're like no matter what the course and I just oh, thought no. oh the vegans Anyway, it was, but it, but my birthday, like I said, ended with this great Kate Spade bag. I'm a big novelty clutch, Alicia. Okay, uh, clutch collector. Sure, so, all about the clutches. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, you know, I'm sure people have weird Look, Dan, collections. He can't get it right every time. True. Okay. True. But he did get it right this past weekend. I was well, very, was I was really happy. So what about, Delicious. I want to hear what happened with you. Irene, uh, by the way, she she's here because her boyfriend is here in D.C. And then, of course, she she found this I'm podcast. I'm also like a strong, independent woman that came out here totally on my own. Oh, right, that too. <laughs> that, that part too. Aww. No, but like, I definitely 100% would not have been in D.C. if it wasn't for him. How was your Valentine's Day? My Valentine's Day was good. Okay, good. Well, what happened? <laughs> We, so I have like an extremely thoughtful boyfriend. He's very sweet. He's very thoughtful. He's like very sensitive and emotional. So, and I am very sensitive and emotional. So it's like. <laughs> so it there was, was a lot of crying and holding yeah. each other. A lot of tears. Not, there was tears because he had been, he was again, super thoughtful and made like a bunch of reservations three weeks ago, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we were supposed to, he, um, we were supposed to have drinks, like go to happy hour and then go to dinner. And um, then he was supposed to get out of work early. Okay. And unfortunately, his boss didn't uh, allow him to get out of work early. Okay. (laughs) And so what was going to be us meeting up at like five for drinks and like queso and tortilla chips and then we're going to go to Logan Tavern um, turned into him having to stay at work till like 8 p.m., because his boss was just not being very... Basically a cold, hard understanding. Who probably yeah. didn't have a valentine. Well, she has, like... That was the thing. Oh, is like I just she, knew it was a woman. She, oh, okay. yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And 
it was just super, and he was super stressed, so it just, like, we ended up just going to, like, a bar around the street from his work and, like, pounding, like, four Bud Lights and real tequila, and <laughs> I had a burger that was, like, like, when I say, like, raw in the middle, I mean, like, bleeding? It was, no, not oh. not bleeding, like, ooh, like, oh, it's, it's cold. super rare. Like, it literally looked like if I took it out, it was, like, the actual ground beef, but, um, oh. wasn't great. Still ate it. Like, your girl, like, got down on it for sure. Okay. Because okay. I'm a dirty bitch. Okay. But. All right. It was, it was super fun. It was very us. Like, him and I have, like, a very silly, really, like, like, the one of the first times we, like, hooked up, like, he got a bloody nose, and, like, the next time I was on my pier, like, it was, like, like, we're just, so like, a comedy of errors. And I love it, and I love him for it. And so we had a lot of fun. And he got me a little sloth stuffed animal because they're my favorite. Well, good for you on your Valentine's. I spent my yeah, Valentine's with two. Well, first off, I should say I double booked on Valentine's Day. Hell yeah! Wait, don't get yeah, don't, don't get, okay, don't, okay, don't get your hopes up. Yeah, I spent my Valentine's Day with two of my exes. <gasps> really? How did that happen? Oh yeah. So um, I quickly began to regret. Doing this, at least with my first ex, I should say, which is the more recent one. So that was my first stop. Okay. So what was of the night. what were the plans and like what led you to double booking with exes? Um, because I didn't realize that yesterday was Valentine's Day because I'm single. Oh, <laughs> sure. So okay. I had no clue when I was like, Yeah, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. And then I realized, oh, today is Valentine's Day, and I basically Fuck. Just booked dinner with one of my exes who still would kind of like to date me on Valentine's Day, and I might be giving mixed messages. So did you guys, you ended up going out? We went to dinner. And did this ex feel like they were given then mixed messages? Well, see, then the problem was, because I'm like one of those people, I just like to be ahead of the game. Sure. I just like to be ahead of it. I decided that my material to speak about that evening would be about my hookups last week. So then they would not get any. Yeah. So then they wouldn't get any, like, you know, ideas. Like, yes, I'm thriving. I'm not hurting. I'm living. How long ago did y'all break up? Um... How long ago was it? Oh, last fall. So it's been a couple okay, of months. Okay, it's been oh, like four or five sure, months. Dude. Yeah, it's been some months. But this is women. Yeah, do I need to say this again? I'm queer. So no, no, no. This, this is, is other women. women. Okay, cool. So other women. So you know, might need a little bit more time to heal. <laughs> Whatever. We take it harder. <laughs> so you end up apparently. You stay on that date, and then you talk about your exes, and then do you go to a second date after that? Well, then I go to my other ex, who was going through some things, so I was trying to be the supportive ex. Okay, for her. Yes, okay. and brought her food that I ordered on the date. Well, on You ordered to-go food at the dinner you were at to bring to your other ex, who was you your second Valentine's stop? Yes. You're, you're goals. <laughs> yes. You're who I want to be when I grow up. Look, guys, it's rough. It's rough out here in these streets. Wait, what food did you bring? What food did it's you bring? Rough. I brought a salad and a little bit of dessert. Well, that was sweet of you. I'm just thinking the first one, the first ex, is really feeling like, oh, God. I mean, the first one's probably crushed. Well, the first one, there's a reason why we're no longer together. And I'm a big believer in life is all about choices. And 
that was the choice you decided to make to do all the things that you did that then led to me going, we are now broken, breaking up. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Over. Hell yeah. So Stick to it. you wouldn't have to be in this position so if you did better. So let me order my fucking salad <laughs> you did for my better. other ex. Fuck you. I love that we've had the, okay, I feel like those three stories of Valentine's Day really summed up probably most people most listening. Women, yep, like everybody, everybody can identify. There's the like good intention. Um, there's the it fucked up and then there's the I hung out with my ex. <laughs> we've covered it all. Really great. I want to talk about some uh, some stories that are trending, and I, I didn't send all of these to you today, but I just want you to weigh in. Did you ever have an American Girl doll when you were little, or were we like... I grew up poor, okay? <laughs> I got the catalog, okay? I got to look at the catalog, and I had the books. I hear you. Did you cut the pictures out? I got That's the what books. I, did. I didn't cut the pictures too. out, but I did. I got the catalog. I know. The catalog was the best when you were little. I can't remember. I don't think I had one either, because I think I was actually like... You have 7,000 dolls, don't you? I know. I'm trying to think. Maybe I did, or maybe my mom bought one as like a collector's item, but you can't play with it, because I, you know uh. me, I I have a $500 collection, which is, like, worth nothing, but <laughs> I have it. But I have it. Yeah, great. Uh, well, American Girl Doll announced this week that now they're going to have their first boy doll named Logan. It apparently is the first in the company's expansion of trying to have uh, dolls that represent more of modern society. But here's the thing. You know, their sales have been decreasing over the past 10 years, um, mostly because they've gotten away from... Remember how American Girl Doll started with the catalog, and they actually would tell historical stories through yes. the dolls. Yeah, it was fucking awesome. Right, yes. so it would be like it, whatever, it would be this white girl who was like an English teacher who grew up in Colonial Williamsburg. Right, and then a slave, and then you'd have an in, uh, you know Native American. Did you? No, you weren't into that doll. I mean, it's like for years, all we had. Like, I think for 10 years when it, the company yeah, started, the only, the black, only one. black one. That was pretty was bad. The slave. <laughs> yeah. Now the, the boy, Logan, is He's like a white hipster dude, though. Right. So they're getting a little bit of backlash that their first one out is like white hipster Logan. Like a straight white male privileged doll. Like, <laughs> like right. we couldn't get Obama. I mean, <gasps> great because I would have bought that doll. A hundred percent. Like I wouldn't buy Logan and I wouldn't buy any of these dolls, but I would buy an Obama oh doll. Oh my God. President Obama doll. And yeah. it could have been him. And when times get rough, you can just, you know, hold on to Obama. What oh a my genius God. Did idea. Did you see his little tweet to Michelle about Valentine's Day? No, I didn't. What'd they say? Fucking precious. It was just like a picture of them being adorable. And he's like, been my Valentine for 27 years. Like, thanks for making my life worth li- like better. Because they love each other. Because they're fucking precious, dude. Aww. That is so sweet. That is a great idea. Anyway, if you're into American Girl Doll, they're trying to kind of grow the brand, and this is their next attempt to do that. Um, Also, how do you feel about this? Because, Alicia, I bet you'll have strong feelings. Uh, Elizabethtown College in central Pennsylvania has been making news this week as well for having students at the Liberal Arts College wear white puzzle piece pins to remind themselves of white privilege. Now, organizers say the point of the project is to encourage people to talk about race and white privilege. Privilege. It was inspired by a Lutheran pastor in Wisconsin who was pledged to wear a white pin for one year. Um, founded in 1899, Elizabethtown College has about 1,800 undergraduate students, uh, the, and 86% of them are white. How do you feel about this, um, of people, white people wearing around a pin to acknowledge, hey, look, I have white privilege? I mean, it seems like a pretty convoluted way of, like, 
just looking in the mirror. I don't know. Like, I don't know if you need the white puzzle piece. Like, you could just carry around a mirror. Or, like, every time you catch a reflection, like, maybe that can You're let like, you know. Like, oh, right, I'm like, white. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, I'm white. <laughs> like, it's just yeah, super complicated. I don't, I don't think, I know, okay, here's the thing. When I first started hearing the word white privilege, right, at first, I think as a woman and as a white woman, I, I think a lot of people, white people, become very defensive about that word. Of like, course. you know, who are you to tell me I have white privilege? I grew up poor. I tried to, you know, I'm a woman. I also suffer discrimination. I've, so I think any reminder or any way that it can click, because really what white privilege is, and I really realized this actually here in, in the Fox newsroom a couple of weeks ago, like for the first time, I mean, I, I understand the conversation of white privilege, but for me, it really, really cl- clicked is that. What white privilege basically is, is as a woman, yes, all women, we're going to be discriminated against when it comes to men, right? Pitting, you know, we still have the um, pay gap, all that stuff. But in the newsroom, for example, how I'm treated as a white woman is going to be maybe a little bit better than how my black co-workers, female co-workers are going to be treated and differently than my Asian co-workers are going to be treated. And so when you begin to think about that, it's like, okay, now you begin to understand how my bosses treat me differently than some of my African-American co-workers. And that's amazing. And I'm like, damn, okay, yeah, we are still being discriminated against, but there's even deeper discrimination there's than levels. that. I there's mean, levels. It's, it's, there's levels to this shit, okay? There's levels. Um, I, I Look, I'm not going to lie. I, I feel like I'm about to have a really militant 2017. Ooh, like, okay. Like, real talk, especially after what happened. Can, I mean, can we talk about the Grammys? Oh, my bit? God, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because to me, this is a perfect depiction of white privilege. So oh, yeah, Adele, give us. Yeah, tell so us. Adele wins, you know, album of the year. And of course she essentially dedicates her whole entire speech to Beyonce, saying that Beyonce is my artist yep. uh, of my life. You know, Beyonce has done all this. And then me as a black woman, when you look at all the articles, what? I'm supposed to be grateful that or like and say I'm Beyonce, I'm supposed to be grateful that when Adele got up there accepting the award that I should have accepted I'm supposed to be grateful just because she said a whole bunch of nice things about me. Like, no, I don't have to be grateful about that. Because real talk, if Adele really wanted to give it up to Beyonce, she should have passed the mic. She should have been like, Beyonce, you should be getting this award. Get up here and take this time on the stage to talk. But that's not what happened. Adele continued to speak on the stage. So what's your opinion? If... Okay, so your opinion is Adele should have gone all in, given the microphone exactly. to Beyonce, instead of what did you see it as like a little bit patronizing that she stood up there and said, "Oh, Beyonce, you know, lemonade." Well, I will say I'm <laughs> not. I'm, I'm not going to come into her accent. I'm not going to come too hard for Adele because I don't care. Adele come is hard different. For well, no, but it's. I think Adele is a little bit different because Adele is not your typical American white woman. Adele is an English artist, and for years, I mean, decades. Uh, English artists have always given credit to black American artists and have always cited them and always done that. So Adele doing what she did really didn't do anything outside of what English artists have been doing for years. Right. So it really wasn't that uh, groundbreaking, in my opinion, or that, you know, banner. Yeah, to have that many articles written about it and to have that much publicity over her being like, hey, I'm really inspired by you. But that's that's what the art, but this is the other thing. This is privilege. The article isn't 
talking about how black women felt about it. It isn't talking about Lemonade and the greatness that was Lemonade. The articles are talking about how Adele was, so was giving sweet. it up to Beyonce. Yeah, that's an interesting point. And see, I my only defense, or I guess um, in favor of the white puzzle pins that, that they're wearing at Elizabethtown, is like people are going to receive and understand white privilege at different points through different channels. So if this connects with someone who goes, oh, okay, I get it, then I think it's worth wearing. I wouldn't wear it, but I, I feel like <laughs> I try to constantly, you know, on this show, you become more aware of what, you know, people from different backgrounds are going through. If the puzzle piece is what they need, if, if the puzzle it piece like, it. If okay. I spoke to, like, my <laughs> friends who are marginalized and, like, my black friends, my Asian friends, my gay friends, my... and like as a straight white woman like I do feel like a little bit of discrimination because I'm a woman but like if I spoke to them and they were like yo it'd be really important for me for you to wear that to like recognize your privilege more and maybe get the word out I'd be like fuck it I'll wear it like you'd be all in favor of it yeah but I think that it is important to just like look at yourself in the mirror and be like I'm pretty privileged. Like, I need to understand that that's a thing that I'm... We all come from places of privilege. I mean, even me as a black woman, there are modes of privilege that I have. I am educated. I have a college degree. I have a house. I have a car. These are all privilege points. And if I, as a black, well, really a queer black woman, can identify my privilege, I think the question is how you, with whiteness, how can you not... Yeah. Identify your privilege. Exactly. Mm. I think that's... That's a good point, too. I was going to parlay that. Did you read the article that Carlos Santana says that Lemonade, that Beyonce is essentially talentless and that Adele should have won? <laughs> <laughs> well, he is backtracked because the hive came for him. So he already knew. He already knew he had to backtrack a little bit. He already knew that he had to come down from what that. What was his uh, retraction? I haven't read that. Did you? Well, the retraction was, oh, I wasn't really trying to come for her. You know, I, I, I didn't mean any disrespect. I, I was just saying that, you know, with Beyonce, there's a lot of other things that kind of go into making her Beyonce. And that Adele is really famous and making money and winning awards from the voice based off the music and uh, the voice. You think there's any truth to that? No, it's completely accurate. Yeah. Uh, it's just Adele can't dance. So what? Beyonce is just supposed to like sit down on stage and stop dancing? Beyonce can dance. If you can sing and dance, sing and dance, girl. Like Do I'm it. not even I'm not even a Beyonce like fan. Like I'm not like a B or whatever. But there's no denying what she's done for feminism is great. What she's done for black women is great. Yeah. Like she's fucking talented Look, as all Beyonce hell. is amazing. Yeah, she's And I'm she's oh, let me and I, and I'm truly not hive. For years, I have discounted Beyonce. I think Beyonce has a machine behind her. If you think that she doesn't, yeah, you're a no. fucking idiot. But Beyonce is Beyonce. I know she is She's Beyonce. Beat. Like you, you can't say the name Beyonce and anybody would not know it. Which I, is fucking cool. Good for her, dude. I, I mean, no, I agree with you guys. And I thought Lemonade was like unbelievable. And I, I don't know what's up with the Grammys that she keeps, um, you know, I, the only thing I feel for her is it's almost like I, a little embarrassing, I think, at this point that like every year she's nominated for numerous Grammys. And I think she's only won what? I don't know. Well, she's couple. won a lot. She has won a lot. Beyonce okay. has won a lot of Grammys, but 
It's like that every- doesn't take away from the fact that she definitely deserved album of the year this year. It's like every year, you know, you see Kanye gets up there again to remind everybody Kanye again. And then you know, it's like, <laughs> poor Beyonce. I mean, I feel like she, the poor thing now Adele and everybody writes about, it's like, oh, poor Beyonce. Um, Ken Kratz, of course, is the creepy prosecutor in Making a Murderer, if you are obsessed with that series like I was. Uh, he apparently is going to be appearing on Friday, this Friday's Dateline broadcast, um, to discuss how Making a Murderer left out a confession of Brendan Dassey's that makes him guilty. This came in a news release yesterday. Um, Ken Kratz also has a book that's coming out where he says he's going to reveal much more of the details that were deliberately edited out. He says Dassey did help the uncle Stephen Avery murder Teresa Halbach in 2005. The filmmakers uh, who documented the case for a hit Netflix series, of course, Making a Murderer, omitted much of the evidence, says Kratz. Uh, Kratz says filmmakers failed to show how Dassey resisted interrogators' suggestions 13 times in the March 2006 interview before he confessed. And if you recall, that was the big kind of problem was... The way at least it's appeared on Netflix is like they basically fed Brendan Dassey the the um, confession and he goes, yeah, yeah, you know, can I go watch Monster Truck Race now? And they were like, no, right, <laughs> you're going to jail. So anyway, um, he's also going to be appearing on, on Dayline. Do you guys believe any of that, his points? No. I didn't uh, watch no, it. No, he's just bitter. He's just bitter. Stop being a bitter Betty. He uh, the, Step off. <laughs> the book uh, is called Avery, the case against Stephen Avery and what making a murderer gets wrong um, in it. So that's what you're going to be seeing about that. Uh, I, I know, and I'm sure you're right. He had to come out with something because I'm assuming as a prosecutor, I mean, my God, he was he's so creepy in that documentary. I mean, he looked horrible. Look, this is the thing. He probably is being somewhat. There probably are things that they left out because, look, we were watching a produced television show, basically. Right. So right. there are probably several things that were left out. However, he is not the messenger to deliver this message because he just <laughs> looks real bitter. So it's probably accurate what he is saying. But we don't level. believe you. But we don't believe you. <laughs> Go sit down. But sorry, we don't believe you. No. Uh, he also says in that confession, Brendan Dassey revealed troubling allegations against his uncle that his uncle touched his genitals and even gave a motive for Teresa's rape and murder. That Avery was pissed off that his fiance was in jail and he hadn't, quote, gotten any in a while. In a videotaped interview lasting about two hours, Brendan told a slightly different story than he provided on March 1st. Um, again, that, according to Kratz, was all edited out. And what you see is a coerced looking Brendan Dassey, who seems innocent enough, and he says, not true. So, anyway, there you go. If you want more of it, I, of course, I'll be watching on Dateline. Um, <laughs> I loved your quote, Alicia, at the start of this, that many of us would like to have our half-brothers assassinated. Wow. Um, but Kim Jong-un apparently has. Such a, I mean, isn't this so strange? In, I'm, I'm waiting for the time when Trump just goes, you know what? You think he'll start he, having people assassinated? Uh, no, I think oh. Trump is going to go, you know, that guy might be onto something. I think I need to sit down and have a and chat have with a really him. a really good handshake, like a really solid. A really, really good one. I mean, this is, this is ridiculous, but this guy is just crazy. I mean, when I think of, what, North Korea? Yeah. When I think of North Korea, I think of the creepy children singing. Oh, and marching oh. all at once. Like, oh, I don't know yeah, the songs. Fucking weird, dude. <laughs> Look, 
maybe his half brother was kind of like, look, let me get out of this thing. Let, let like, me get out really of this like thing. I really like waking up to little children. That's my oh, alarm clock. I'm a little bit creeped out right now. That's, yeah. yeah, it's fucking weird. For all we know. For all we know. Um, of course, Kim Jong-un, 33, has ordered scores of subordinates executed when he questioned anything, their loyalty. Um, they're also saying that the half-brother may have been getting ready to either work with uh, other countries or reveal information about Kim Jong-un. Um, so uh, Kim Jong-nam is the half-brother that was killed. Basically, when two women, uh, one of the women wearing an LOL shirt, came up to them and then sprayed something in his face that turned out to be poison. (laughs) She sprayed poison in his face and then lolled about it? They, uh, both of the women immediately ran off. The ruckus was caused by the man's death on Monday at an international airport at Kuala Lumpur. Um, initially, it was minor news until they figured out that Kim Jong-nam is the 45-year-old estranged half-brother of Kim Jong-un and was probably getting ready to reveal other secrets. Therefore, he was assassinated. But if he was estranged, how does he know all these secrets? Well, I'm assuming, like much like, like many of these other <laughs> crazy leaders. Well, I that just want to say track- this is probably over a girl. Let's be real. <laughs> you think Let's you be know? real, guys. It was over a girl, you know. Wow. It was over a girl. That's, That's where we moment. can basically root everything, you know, just men getting upset, having a fight. All over a woman, huh? All over. <laughs> All over. Can you imagine this? I mean, I don't... Relationships are so funny. Speaking of other crazy relationships, a 76-year-old newlywed shot his wife after an argument over sleeping arrangements. Do you see this story? The new... Oh, oh, I don't get good internet down here, so I don't even think it's going to play. Investigators say was shot in the buttocks by her husband. Last night, four in your Refusing corner told sex. you about a 77-year-old uh. newlywed husband who told police that he shot his wife in the butt after she refused to have sex with him. Tonight, four in your corners, Lisa Greenberg is live at the Lee County Sheriff's Office with more on what neighbors so say they saw and they heard last night. Lisa. Well, Patrick and Amy, I spoke with this man's wife tonight. She's recovering at home with two gunshot wounds. She describes this well, whole situation oh, as an absolute oh, yeah, she's nightmare, alive. and she's still coming, uh, trying to come to grips with it. When are, the, are they getting divorced? Through the windows of this home in <laughs> a quiet High Acres neighborhood, no. the Lee County Sheriff's Office says an argument between this man and his wife oh. ended in gunfire. I can What's see why she wouldn't want to have sex with him. Jesus Christ, yeah, dude. leave the house. And I'd seen the police. 77-year-old Donald Royce admitted to deputies, I shot her and the gun is in my room. His wife was shot in her rear and her hip. During his interview at the sheriff's office, Royce told deputies he and his wife had been married for seven months and still hadn't consummated the marriage. The arrest report says he became angry. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Everything just changed. (laughs) Okay, pause. All right, I'll stop this story. So seven months, that's what I was getting to. Seven months, no sex. You think that's uh, that warrants being shot in the ass? Nothing. I mean, it doesn't warrant being shot in the ass, but it warrants a significant conversation of like, why haven't we boned? <laughs> well, they're seventy-six. But why, well, but why are these people? Seventy-six years know better. They know better. Yeah. Okay. That's true. They know so. better. If this was some twenty-six-year-olds that were like, no, we're gonna save ourselves, and then we're gonna come together. And, you know, Literally. it's going to be beautiful because we're going to be married. No, I don't even understand why people are doing this whole, like, not having sex before marriage thing. It's stupid. Stop you it. don't? You don't <laughs> think it. it makes your bond closer? You get to actually know. What no. if they're horrible? 
horrible. I didn't believe this until I have a friend that started doing this. Like, basically, you know, she would sleep with people whenever. You know, she'd go out on dates and fine. If it moved her, she'd have sex with them on the first date. She'd have sex with them after three weeks. But she had she has a very good theory, which is essentially if somebody is just dating you for sex, right, they're going to hang in there, whether it's two months or two days, as long as it takes to get it from you. And then they're going to ditch you if you're not that into See, I feel like that's really straight. That's like a very yeah, straight way of thinking. Um, yeah, no, because if you can't, if you don't have chemistry in the bedroom, come on. Yeah, why would you want to be? Come on, that's really the travesty of this story. Don't you feel like the chemistry that happens in the bedroom happens when you get to know somebody? Like, Absolutely not. No. <laughs> well, it's also like, it's not even just about like, oh, can I make you come? Can you come make me come? Like, it's so much about <laughs> communication. Like, if you're not... That's like I've learned a lot about people just like through like about how they communicate through being like intimate with them. And if somebody can't be communicative and open with you in the bedroom, like sometimes that's a but big But don't you feel like you find that out about somebody? Okay, look. I mean, oh. haven't you dated anybody that I've ever dated that's been like open and real? Aren't there usually you have good chemistry and it's good sex because they're already willing to be open. So no. Alicia disagrees, Queen. Really? You need to know me and you need to get to know my body. You can get to know me, but then, like, when our bodies meet, it's like, no, this is not going to work out. Yeah. But, you know, you need to know me and get to know my body before we get married. Wow. Okay, I thought I actually could have, I thought Sierra and Russell Wilson, I was like, they're on to something. Maybe no. this is the new trip. Maybe there's really something to, you know, not Look, I have friends it. who I have I have friends who believe in this and, and, and they've done the whole celibacy thing. You know if and somebody we're wants to do it, that's fucking awesome. And like <laughs> Live yeah, your life, not I. But I am not, not subscribing not to I. that mentality <laughs> at all. Either one of you take Benadryl? Yes, I took I have, a Benadryl yeah. this morning. You did? I took it yesterday. Oh, no. I have bad She's news. Like, Benadryl Uh-oh. kills you. <laughs> yes. I thought this was right now. scary shit. I read this uh, new study that links Benadryl to a certain disease. Research suggests that long-term use of a drug might be linked to serious mental health issues. Well, that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> An active ingredient in Benadryl, I can't even say it, uh, difamenidrame. Uh, appears to oh, impair yeah. cognitive functioning and increase the risk of dementia for individuals who take the drug oh, in high doses for well, long this is term. Good. I mean, I've been looking forward to becoming demented when I'm in my seventies. <laughs> so then everyone just wipes me, bathes me, dresses me. They'll get me. to know your body too. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> well, what if it happens it. in like your fifties? That's the that's the worst part. They're saying this: if you start young and start taking this, could have bigger effects. Well, what are large doses? Is that like every day, like four times a day? That's a great point, actually. Um, lot, like that, nobody's taking it that often. If you take a Benadryl when your nose is stuffy, you like live your life. Uh, they looked at 3,500 seniors involved in a seven-year program known as Adult Changes in Thought. 800 participants developed dementia over the course of the study, and by examining prescription records and self-reported information about individuals' medical history, researchers were able to establish a strong link between dementia and the Benadryl use. Um, That's actually a lot of people. Or was it Benadryl and meth? Look, this is self-reported stuff. People could have been <laughs> doing true. numerous other things. And real talk, I mean, we're living too long anyway. 
We're living too long anyway. No, that's not good. We want to live longer. <laughs> Do we? Do we? Do we? Here's, here's the thing in they Trump's said. America. <laughs> they found in this study if you're taking Benadryl uh, multiple times on a weekly basis over three years. So that was that was sort of the big indicator. So yeah. if you've been taking Benadryl for three years, multiple times a week, straight. If you do you're anything for three years, multiple times a week, you're probably yeah. going to get dementia. Yeah, it's true. Moderation. Like walking. <laughs> Dementia's not that bad, though. You're demented. You don't know. Maybe you think Obama's demented. still president. <laughs> Sounds lovely. You'd like to be under Sign that. Getting more Benadryl. Uh, ladies, when you check out other ladies in a non-sexual way, what are the first things that you look for in another woman? You're always are you always like sizing women up? Oh, I check women out all the fucking time. For I'm, what reasons? Just like because like you're trying to th- see if this person's like threatening or non-threatening, or I really like to kind of like. I really like to judge people. Um, no, I really like to just like what kind of like because I love makeup. So I'm like, what kind of makeup are they wearing? What kind of clothes are they wearing? Oh, uh-huh. she has nice tits. Like, oh, I wish I had her butt. Or like, just stuff like that. Kind of just. I mean, it's like a bunch of stuff women aren't supposed to do, like comparing yourself to other women. But I mean, it happens all the fucking time. I'm like, damn, that girl is the most fire body I've ever seen in my life. I thought, well, this was strange, but it revealed on. Um looking at women's gaze towards other women in a non-sexual way that the first thing we look at is their hips. Do you think that's true? Are you sizing up a woman's hips normally? I actually slightly, when I read this, I was slightly like, oh, I think I actually do tend to go to... I kind of agreed. Yeah. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I feel like I actually do check out women's butts and hips more often than I think. Yeah. But I think think the difference is, is you kind of look at someone's hips... But really, you're looking at their midsection. And I do think there's a level of, because we're women and we are fertile beings. Oh, you think that's it? We're, I, we're I, looking that's what for I think childbearing hips, right? I, I don't even know if it's childbearing hips, but it's like, I think we're drawn to that area because we are fertile be- beings. Like the uterus And that's where we... <laughs> You know, kind of hold things. That's oh. that's actually what I thought in my mind. It's terrible. Or you're looking to see if a woman has a gut. I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, do that. I look at women's yeah. eyebrows a lot. That's like also one of the first things. I Good. Do. I'm like, damn, my midsection's the worst, and that's what people are looking at first. Yeah. What do I got? My midsection do? is amazing. So yeah. look all day. Yeah, yours is. Yours all is super day. hot. Yeah, definitely. So is Irene's. Oh, absolutely not. Your girl is one. Mine of looks like shirt. I've already given birth, and I haven't had any kids. <laughs> I think that's what people are saying. Oh, how many children do but you have? Actually, that's another thing. I, and it wasn't included in this study. But women actually do prefer women with a wider, like, girth. Because it girth. is, yeah, because it is about childbearing. Yeah. I know. It is. Anyway. Men they, do too, right? Isn't that like men, a thing too also? Well, I don't know if that's where men's eyes directly Yeah, go. that's true. <laughs> I don't think that that's what they're looking at immediately. God, if this story, if this really turns out to be true, I'm going to get a boob job to distract people from my midriff. <laughs> Look. <laughs> Look. At least check out these before you check out this. <laughs> uh, they said next, though, was the head, upper body, and legs. The least checked out by women to other women were the arms. Uh, study found interesting rego- results regarding a woman's confidence in her own body. More confident about an area, the less likely she will gaze at... Uh, on another woman. So if oh, you're, that's a hundred percent. If you're, I, I'm assuming what they're saying by that is if you're really confident with your face, if you're like, I've got a gorgeous face, then you're not really looking at other women's faces and judging that because you're already very self confident about yours. I think that's what they mean. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I could kind of see that. 
But I, mean, I, I mean, yeah. but I guess it's different for me because I actually date women. Yeah, that's what I was just going to ask so. you. Is how do you feel like it's different? But I judge the... I'm the pickiest with certain things. I'm big Ooh, on like teeth. What? Oh, teeth. Oh, yeah, girl. You can't date Very a woman with jacked up teeth? Oh, no. Oh, no. And if they're going to be crooked, let them be clean. <laughs> let them be clean. Please. <laughs> Please. Do you, know? you find a lot of people with bad teeth? Because yes. it's funny. <laughs> yep. And yes. Really? Period. Yes. It's actually very shocking how, especially in D.C., because D.C. is such a handsy. You meet folks a lot. It's always networking, and you're always, like, smiling. smiling. And I am shocked at how many people actually smile with their teeth exposed. That's it's like, you might want to close your mouth. <laughs> oh, you know what? This guy at the vegan restaurant, the mm-hmm. vegan chef, had really bad teeth, now that I think about it. It's, yeah. yeah, it's I 100% agree. And, like, when, when I was, like, dating and I was single... There was this guy that I was absurdly attracted to. Yeah. And then I, like, looked at his... And it was, like, on Tinder. So I looked at his Instagram, and I saw him smiling with his teeth, and I was like... Horror. (laughs) Horror. Wow. See, my thing is, I always, like, I'm very self-conscious. I think this was Sammy, made me very self-conscious of my upper lip hair. I always feel like I've got a mustache. So now I look for other women with mustaches, and I think, well, mine's not that bad. She's got like a you real don't even mustache. Have one. Thank you. What are you Thank talking about? Thank you. It's literally I mean, the shadow all, of your nose. It's shadows, you know, it's shadows. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie, actually my grandmother before she you. passed away had like looked, a full beard. Look, no, looked me in the face and was like, It's time to start electrolysis, Lucia. <laughs> <laughs> Savage. She died a week later. <laughs> no way. Like, um Does that de- does that deter you when you're dating women? <laughs> Uh, like serious upper. Have you ever dated Sarah's basically like, like, would you date me? Yeah. What do you think? What would you I check out on me? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> facial hair you can kind of get rid of. True. True. But hair, underarms, no thank you. Okay. You're not a fan. No thank you. And I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not really a fan of like the tra- the, bu- the belly button trail. Oh yeah. Take it off. Just take it off. Take do it women off. have that? Or? Yes. Yes. Is it hard to find a woman well groomed? I think of myself and like you know I groom sometimes. <laughs> I'm just thinking in the lesbian community. I don't know. I feel like oh sometimes I think I, I would like to be lesbian or queer because I feel like oh they'll be less judgmental. But is that not it true? De- it depends. I have to say it, it very much so depends. I'm not gonna lie. It depends upon how much I like the woman. Oh there you go. Okay. I, I'm not gonna lie because I. Okay, so I've gone backpacking in the woods before. Okay. No, I'm saying, I'm speaking figuratively. Oh. I've oh, gone backpacking okay. I was like, what in, happened the in the woods, woods? before. And, <laughs> and I have, you know, surfed on, I have ice skated, you know, on the ice. I prefer the ice. ice. Oh, okay. I prefer the ice. Now but I will say, this. if I'm really into someone, I don't mind, you know. A forest. Packing up and getting in the forest. Wow. I don't mind. Do you have a preference for you? Like, do you, like... I prefer um, the ice skating rink, but with um, coverage, like an yeah. indoor. The ice... Okay, sure. Ice okay, like rink. a little coverage. Yeah, a yeah. little bit of coverage. I mean, I guess we're all adults here. Okay, yeah, I don't need to speak say, no, figuratively, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know, but it's so much fun. To speak it is fun. I, would, yeah. I was straight up like, "Wow, what was the backpacking like?" Did no, I have never it? been backpacking. Stop me it. too. Me too. Stop I was like, it. Oh. No, I don't hike. I don't do anything like that. No, well, I go wine tasting. <laughs> that sounds good. I go What's wine that a metaphor in, for? No, I go wine tasting in the mountains. 
but I will not go backpacking or camping yeah, on awesome. any level. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. I like that. But I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll say so. I have some friends who draw a hard line. If there is hair there, no. Really? And they will have a conversation. Damn, this is they will they will straight up go news. No. Um you you need to work this out. Yes, one of I See, I think that's fucking awesome. I'll say one of my coworkers who this actually is terrible. I thought I'd have I had to better. Say this. No, I had a conversation with you when we worked at 107.3. Yeah. So about my ex's ex and there was a question, can I date my ex's ex? Oh, can you yes. date your ex's ex? I remember this. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Well, I'm not dating my ex's ex, but we do work together. Oh, too funny. Yes, and we're actually, like, kind of best friends now. That's awesome. Oh, well, it all worked out. Yeah, oh, yes, of course. But she draws a very hard line. No hair anywhere. Wow. I think oh, yes. that that's Very serious. awesome, though. Like, if you're, terrible. But not because, like, I subscribe to that same mentality, but it's just because, like, if that's what you're into, like, why would you ever be afraid to say that? Like, I think that if she's so open and she's like, this is what I like, I'm not going to do anything about it if it's not how I like it. Like, that's just like me saying, like, like, you know, oh, I don't like butt stuff. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do it. it. I see you just it, don't yeah. know. You just don't know yet. Don't worry. You'll get there. You're young. <laughs> no. Oh, no. I like young. butt stuff. I'm saying oh. it's in that same idea. <laughs> idea. Okay. Uh, a man who wrote fortune cookies. So the guy that actually oh, writes your fortune cookies now says he's retiring because he has writer's block. Um, after like nearly 30 years of writing fortune cookies for you, he says that they used to be very inspirational and he enjoyed bringing people joy, but now it's just become too much. It's like, you'll be happy maybe next week. <laughs> and everyone's like, all right. Yeah, he says he's no longer into it, has severe writer's block, so he's giving it up. I mean, that's so cool that that's a job, but you can see how, I, I when I read this article, I thought to myself, yeah, if you're trying to come up with every day, you know, 5, 10, 15 new fortunes for people, after a while... How, you know, happy can you be? Look, it's dark times. It's dark it times. It is dark times. Yeah, you're right. It's hard to find the hope in the world. You know? He also says, too, that a lawsuit came against him and the, the uh, government looked into him several years ago when someone played the numbers, the fortune cookies numbers, and actually won a massive lotto. Uh, so that also was a bit of a deterrent for him. Um, they were not... Nothing was like, I mean, he didn't talk to anybody beforehand. It happened to be sheer coincidence, but he says that really messed him up. Uh-oh. Uh, is he this says, his full-time job? Like, yeah. Did he make a salary doing this? That's yeah. amazing. Uh, Look, they don't have jobs like that now. <laughs> uh, and he also says that um, over the years, they have not only been investigated for the Powerball lottery uh, winnings of $19 million after using the lucky numbers, but once a jilted wife wrote in to complain that her husband had gotten a fortune promising him romance on his next business trip. Oh, and, God. <laughs> yeah, so he says over the years, they've tried to make him be funny, but some people take him very literally, I guess. Come on. You really think a fortune cookie is going to determine if your husband's going to cheat on you in your next trip? Perhaps. If you're that insecure, then maybe you've Perhaps. got something else to worry about. Um, anybody sell Girl Scout cookies when they were younger? Irene? I, Alicia? Either one of you in the I Girl Scouts? I have a Scouts? super sad story. <laughs> really? Oh, oh God. Never, did you? Oh, no. I, I'm black. So what are they? are not black so, Girl Scouts? I think now there are, but I don't think that that was like a thing. When oh. I was younger, I don't think it wasn't like that, you're not was allowed to, or was it just no, like, no, I just don't think it was like a thing. I don't think that Girl Scouts were really in our communities. Interesting. Gotcha. Yeah. And and I will say, even to this day, because I'm from DC, I should say that I'm from DC, 
It is very difficult to procure Girl Scout cookies yeah, in the district. Yeah, it is. It's really? very yes. difficult. I, I have to get... I, I was on Twitter, actually, last year. Like, looking for them? And I full-on put out an APB. I was like, where can I get my Girl Scout? I did that this year. <laughs> I had a mother instantly message me, DM me on Twitter, followed. Where do you work? We can come to your office. We can work with you. We can work with you. How can I get in the building? Can we set up? Where can we set up? Serious about it. Very serious. Oh, well, good. That leads into this story because Thrillist just came out with confessions of the cutthroat world of selling Girl Scout cookies. And I was a Girl Scout when I was little. But, I mean, it was in rural Maine. So there wasn't like you were going to, you know, it's like a small town. It wasn't like a dog-eat-dog world for the cookies. Yeah. That's what it's like now. And I'm having a mom from L.A. that I used to babysit for send me cookies because I can't fucking find them anywhere else. Godforsaken beautiful place that I live in. But that's what they're saying in this article that oftentimes the parents are doing all the legwork selling the cookies. This really isn't about the girls anymore or Girl Scouts. Um, they're saying that parents uh, are very aggressive and using extremely aggressive ways now to get people to buy Girl Scout cookies. Why is this like, I know it raises money for your troop and like you get a certain amount of badges, but it's crazy. But look, people want these cookies. Yeah. We need Well, and not only that, they're What's saying that yeah thin mints i yeah. like um what are the uh, triples i those know are the shortbread triples oh i the yeah those are the shortbread ones trifle oh yeah, yeah the triples, shortbread ones. and then tagalongs the peanut butter Oh, yeah. Covered with the oh, yes. Here's the thing. I love Girl Scout cookies, and this is going to sound like a real asshole thing to say, right? And you want to talk about a real first world problem. But I don't eat Girl Scout cookies anymore because many of them are made with hydrogenated oils. And I know. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. I know. Like, I'm Sarah, sorry. I'm white, too. But, like, I there's mean, the I'm line, sorry. girl. I, look, uh, you know what? And this sparks from everybody in my family and has everything cancer. everything is delicious, okay? I, it just makes it tasty. Uh, hydrogenated oils are terrible. They're in your peanut they butter. They are fucking horrible for And me. they're also, yeah, and they're in Girl Scout yeah. cookies. And I'm like, you know what? They're giving these toxic cookies to our kids, to the youth of America, lining them up with, you know, cancer, and then pushing these cancer cookies on everybody else. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> Look, there are carcinogens in everything. Carcinogens are just true. around us. Let me enjoy my cookie. Yeah. Let well, me ahead. enjoy my cookie. Um, but here's the thing. They also say that parents, if you're, if you're, a lot of parents listen to this podcast too, and I wonder if this has happened, but the parents get an incredible amount of pressure to deliver these damn cookies. Oh, yeah. So, that's, that's true. Yeah. And give me my cookies. Yeah. I paid. Uh, parents have no option lots of times uh, if their child falls behind, um, collecting prizes, selling baked goods. It's a major cor- uh, corporation. And they say that the parents get into everything from having to market the cookies, push them in their offices, and and then delivering them. Um, if any parents are listening, please let us know where we can find some Girl Scout cookies within the next week or so. I'm not going to lie. I started some beef at my office because I let this lady from Twitter come and deliver cookies and sign people up. Little did I know there was a Girl Scout mom in the office already. <gasps> piss, 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 piss. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a, I had a conversation. Wow. Yeah, was I she actually like butthurt too. about it? Oh, yeah. She was like, um, just so you know, I know you're new here, but I every year my, my daughter is a Girl Scout um, so I, I do the cookies here in the office every year, so you don't have to worry about finding Holy anything. Shit. Um, so yes, thank you. Oh my god! So don't fuck it up next time, please, Alicia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think this is sad. When you get hit with the, I know you're new here. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> she hurts. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, I think this was sad, too, but it goes on to say that many moms and friendships have been broken up over selling Girl Scout cookies, which seems absolutely ridiculous. People uh, lay claim to various territories, and if you overlap this, I mean, what is this, a gang? This is ridiculous. <laughs> yes. I mean, it it's is. so stupid. The Girl Scout gang. I want to hear, though, if you have a good story, and by the way, to weigh in on any of these, and I, am, I have so many emails, too, to respond, because many people have given me great feedback about the podcast and going to once a week, please email me, Sarah, at HeyFrage.com, and I always tell people now, give me a month to respond, which I know again. <laughs> She's a busy lady. I know, again, that's like a real asshole thing to say. We already said this. You're in demand. I know. Well, you're like Girl Scout cookies. That's what I said last week. I don't think it's so much in demand as I really work well. Like, I fire on all cylinders from the time of about 7 a.m. until about 3 or 4 p.m. And then at 4 p.m., I like to be winding down, wine time, getting in my pajamas. So the problem is, is the email response conflicts with my work hours. Like, I can only, you know what I mean? It's. No, we don't know what you mean. We don't know what you mean. <laughs> but See, it's okay. I'm crazy You're as man. <laughs> I like to tell I'm a tropical fish. If you've ever had a tropical fish, they're hard as fuck to keep alive because you got to feed them at certain times. you got to keep them at a certain I'm temperature. I'm a tropical fish. I am. They only like certain green. You can't... They get too much plastic in the tank. They die. I really fucking into fish. Yes, like they're the a pain in the end ass. end of our relationship. And it was so... Like, he would literally be online on, like fish forums at like 4am because he's like this is a China guy and I'm like uh, we gotta break up. I'm really he had like an 80 gallon tank with all these fish yes they're incredible yeah. that's what I am a tropical fish I'm telling you it's really bad I gotta eat at certain times certain things no hydrogenated oils obviously I'm sure I'll be hearing from the Girl Scouts on that one uh, I want to be the- hearing from the Girl Scouts on where to get cookies. <laughs> yes I know you do yeah. want to hear where they can get cookies Alicia I want you to I want to save this for the finale because I feel like you're going to have great opinions you've had incredibly interesting opinions on this podcast I'm opinionated you are, you're awesome but you give many opinions that make are, are very well thought out and I think make people think differently which is what this show is all about so right. I really appreciate that. Thank you. But how do you feel about the the female author who who wrote that it's very simple while millennial women are not finding love and getting married later and later and then not having successful marriages? She says that currently society is creating a new crop of alpha women who are just unable to love. Um, I'll give you the brief summary, then I want you to weigh in on this. She basically says that women... Um, are now becoming so alpha in the workplace to get ahead, to get what they want, and it trickles over now into relationships. And truly, a relationship needs a feminine energy and a masculine energy to truly work, which that part I kind of agree with because it's almost that yin and yang, you know? She, you don't agree with that. (laughs) Um, Oh, hold on. So she says that, um, more and more women are essentially as, uh, acting too masculine in their relationships, telling their partners what to do. And she says that women need to find that balance of being, quote, nice in a relationship. What, do you, what did you think about this article and her book coming out? Well, the article uh, and essentially her hypothesis is half true. Okay. Women are, of course, more self-sufficient. Women are more alpha now than they have been mm-hmm. in the past. Uh, we have to add in some, and I'm, I'm, I should say that I'm generalizing. Sure. We need like a drop for general, like mass generalizations. <laughs> like, some, type of, some type of drop. Because, I mean, of course, things are different culturally. Sure. Uh, but let's say we're working within the confines of America. 
Um, yes, women are more self-sufficient. They are more alpha now. They are making more money than they did before. So would a woman feel more like she needs to be married? No, that's no longer the pri- priority. The problem is we got half of this argument missing, which is now what we're creating is, yes, we have a new rash of, let's say, let's call them alpha women. Okay. But we also have a nice pile of burgeoning beta men who are now more beta, now more, in quotation marks, soft. But here's the issue. Societal norms don't necessarily accept that. So they're beta. They can't make decisions. They're wishy-washy. They aren't assertive. They aren't necessarily owning their masculinity. I love that. Where are they? But (laughs) But then society is telling them, you need to be more masculine. You need to own your masculinity. You need to be more dominant, blah, blah, blah. But then they just inherently aren't that. So then what do they do? They resent the women. Oh, that's an interesting point. I think that was very articulate. So really what this woman is saying is unfortunately kind of accurate. Um, But I also don't necessarily think we should be phrasing things in we need a masculine and a feminine energy. I don't think that it's that. But I do think women kind of had to get married because if a woman wanted to move out of her house what 70 years ago she yeah, sure you she had to do it with property. a man yeah. she had to, so if you wanted to get out of your house yeah you'll probably want to get married you'll probably have to get married yeah to do that um women don't have to do that now so you true. Know, you can just own a house. The the writer is Suzanne Vanker, and the book is called The Alpha Female's Guide to Men and Marriage. I also think, too, I mean, I think we have to give up the idea of a traditional marriage. You know what I'm saying? Like, in society, I think more and more people, thankfully, I love, are just either living together for long term. You know, it's, it's the, the, we got to get rid of that tradition of you got to get married. I mean, I actually believe in marriage. You do? I do. I think people should get married. I think marriage is a beautiful thing. I think the paperwork that it provides, I think the stability that it can create, the partnership that you then join in with this person that you are emotionally and legally bound to, I think marriage is a beautiful thing. And I think it can totally work. I actually believe in marriage. Really? I do. I fully, fully believe in marriage. I cannot wait till I get married. Really? Mostly so I can yell at my friends and then make them like plan everything for me. You know, but you know, the other stuff too is great. Um, okay, good luck. I don't know. I like, you know, I think people are, I think there is something to what you're saying. All I think the benefit of marriage truly is, is if you can stay with someone thick and thin, like really stay with them through the highs and the lows, I think there is something to be said for that. That's very nice. I think the reality of marriage that nobody tells you is very few people really meet their soulmate and are meant to be together. That's a really small portion of the population. For most of us, you have many different soulmates that come in and out of your lives, and it's hard Truly, every day in a long-term relationship. Sarah, are you poly? Are you poly? Are, is this is this you telling oh, us that, that you are polyamorous or something? Oh yeah, I'm attracted to the person. Wishes she was. She you know, wishes she I love Dan dearly, and I'm like, oh my god. There are moments I could totally see us getting married. Then there are moments where I'm like, okay, we could easily split. Like it's, and I think that is truly more what marriage is. And I feel, I think this, the good and the bad part is, I think sometimes a marriage that binds you gives you more incentive to make it work 
at the opposite yeah. time, I think then sometimes it makes it so much harder to get out of a relationship that's so toxic that if you but weren't see, married, you everyone, could get out. Well, but everyone should be getting prenups at this point. You oh, should, I agree, I, too. I, I just I don't understand too. why anyone's getting married without, without a prenup. One. Yeah, I mean, 1,000%. It just makes things so much easier that if it doesn't work out. But the one thing I kind of like about marriage is because that idea of, you know, sometimes we need to know that I got to make this work. I have to compromise. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with, like, learning that skill. And this is me talking, and I'm an only child. So I think sometimes you kind of need that little thing in your brain that goes, no, no, no. Like, stick, you need to make this work. It. You need to yeah, make this work. Yeah, that's a good point. There are, I mean, there are, I believe in marriage, too. And, like, basically for all the reasons Alicia list, listed and, like, my own stuff. And But there is, like, like... I've been in relationships where I felt like even though I wasn't married and didn't really have like legal obligations, I was like, fuck, I got to make this work. So I feel like it also just innately is in people to want to make something work and want to stick through something. And I think that marriage can be a really, can be a really happy like reason yeah, for that. Yeah, I think like, for, for some people I gotta, it can. I got to make this happen. And that's like a good like driving force behind it. Okay. Well, there you go. I mean, I I always say to Dan, you know, like I never, I always like make him think it's not going to work out, so he'll be surprised when it does. Like, hey, look at this! Look, we, we've been together twenty five years, and I told you it wouldn't last. Look, aren't you happy? You were right. Here we are. There's he, he come exactly. <laughs> oh my God, Lisa, you've been amazing on this. I can't even believe that I've actually been able to say your name correctly throughout most of it. That's like the best part. Congratulations. <laughs> I feel like that's. I'm like, oh. Yay. Where can people find you? Follow you. You are absolutely fantastic. You've got to come back. You are Hopefully. our clear voice. Yes. You are yes. amazing. I'm I'm on Twitter at okay. Alicia Michelle and then on Instagram, Alicia Michelle DC. Alicia Michelle, Michelle DC. Follow this woman. She's fabulous opinion, so just well thought out and very convincing and I'm queer. <laughs> <laughs> Go to DCImprov.com. Buy your tickets. We're going to see you live with Paul Wharton, February 24th at the DC Improv. Irene, where can people follow you? Uh, People can follow me at Irene's Kitchen. I-R-E-N-E-E-S Kitchen. Are you cooking? I like to bake. I don't know. (laughs) All right. Follow me at HeyFrage on almost all the social media. Snapchat's HeyFrage Show. Bye, everybody. I hope you like the longer show. Bye. Thanks, Alicia. All right, here we go. Once I find the intro. It's it's Alicia. It's Alicia. Alicia, yes! Not a cast pod. Oh, I'm singing out, girls. <laughs> Not a cast pod. Hey, Sammy. Oh, my God, I still say Sammy. <laughs> <laughs>
He's like, oh. he's like always with us. He lives the so he presence. You know what? He texted me yesterday for my birthday, so that's why I've been, he's been oh, on my mind. Nice. I know. What I did he say? Super sweet. He just said, um, he said, hey, Sarah, you know, happy belated birthday. I was really sick over the weekend, so sorry I didn't text you on your actual birthday, but I just wanted to say, you know, I'm thinking about you or whatever. And I was like, oh, my God, Sammy, that's so Whoa, sweet. Angel, so I know he is a little, he is a little sweetheart. So anyhow, that was why I still sing this song. I, anyway, <laughs> I mean, the song anyway, does sound a little bit like this is about to be in like the porno dungeon, and I yeah, feel like 100%. we're in the porno dungeon right now. We are in the porno dungeon. We're in a gray padded room with outlets and microphones. <laughs> yes, this is the so I now have two studios, right? You know, and um, I have one at Fox Five, which Fox has been kind enough to let me kind of camp out here oh, while I'm nice. working on some other projects for them. So sometimes I do it here, and then other times I do it at, at the Improv. But the problem is here; it truly is a dungeon down here. Like but it's, it's like very it. odd. I'm warming up to it. You are? I'm now awkwardly petting the wall. <laughs> I know. The walls are very felt. They're those soundproof walls. Uh, welcome to the Hey Frage podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Frazier. I am super excited about our guest host today. And of course, Irene, the intern, is here, hey. who is super popular with everybody. So <laughs> I'm we- like super popular anyway, so... <laughs> I'm just kidding. You are. I have like four friends. <laughs> I am dying to check in with you, Irene, on your Valentine's Day. Because oh. I think if anyone on this show had like an insane Valentine's Day, <laughs> or maybe an insane Valentine's Day fight, it might be you. Oh, 100%. <laughs> You're absolutely correct. Really? Oh, I can't wait to get into that. But Alicia Michelle is here, who yes. is guest co-hosting. You've been awesome. You applied to guest co-host. Which I did. basically just means oh, like an email and then you're in. She was like, Sarah sent me your video. And she's like, so she's in, but you should watch this video. And so the video like, is yeah. great, right? video is fucking awesome. I mean. It was precious. I, I loved mean, it. You yeah. are so, first of all, a little backstory for everybody listening today on the podcast. Alicia and I worked at 107.3 for yes. almost two years. Yeah. And you yeah. did every shift. You would be weekends, <laughs> you'd be midday fill-ins, you'd be morning, you'd be I nights. said yes. You said yes. I said yes. How long? All the time. And I can't remember. How long were you in radio? I basically have been doing radio part-time okay. ever since I graduated from college. I mean, my major was broadcast journalism. So I worked at a jazz station while I was in college, which I have a very good jazz voice. Ooh, you, oh, you you know what? You, you do. do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jazz jazz radio. You know what? Or an out. NPR voice. You almost should be NPR as See, well. See, this is the thing. Everyone in news was like, you need to do music radio. And then when I would go to music radio stations, they would say, you need to be doing news. So I was like, what am I supposed to be doing? Oh, Your that name sounds like, what am I supposed to be long enough for being an NPR radio person. You're not like, kalada, kalada, at Dudara. Like, like the names of, like, the names of NPR, I always thought Are you thought talking about the Kojian um, on show or whatever he is? I can never say his oh, name. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, it's yeah. something like that. There's also, you like, right, there's Cherry Glazer, which I always thought was hilarious growing up. These are also the NPR people from my hometown, so maybe I'm fucking it all up. Oh. And you guys have no idea what I'm talking about. We don't! Yeah, okay, no. yeah, there's... there's I'm going to find the name, actually. Okay. You guys keep talking. You Google the name. Well, anyway, I'm very excited to have you co-hosting. Woo-hoo. And this is exciting for... Well, actually, I don't know. Do you, Are you willing to talk about everything in your personal life? I don't want to be, like... 
I, I, I'm pretty much an open book. Are you? I a was going to say, this is like back-to-back lesbian co-hosts. Because last week we had oh, a lesbian. Really? Yeah. A white <laughs> lesbian co-host. Now so then it wasn't hot- as good. <laughs> <laughs> so then it wasn't as good, basically. So now we have a hot basically. black lesbian yeah. co-host. <laughs> but do you identify? I feel like I can't say that to people anymore. Because I don't think anyone really identifies well, as... Well, I identify as queer. As queer. Okay, what's that mean? Well, for me, like, being queer is kind of like a way of life. Mm. Being a lesbian or being gay is just like your sexuality. Whereas I think being queer is, I hate to say, like, oh, it's like being a, you know, it's a lifestyle, you know? I hate saying that. But in my mind, you could be a lesbian and racist. You can't be racist and queer. Ooh. I get that. Okay. Oh, my God. I feel like my mind has been blown. Yeah. This is like, wait, why can't you be a racist lesbian, a a racist queer? Because queer. Because being queer, it really is all about, it it truly is kind of a way of life. I'm so not prepared to talk about this, I think. (laughs) I'm totally going to jack this up. But, no, I, I think that being queer, it's how you see folks. It's not seeing gender in people. Oh. It's about being sort of progressive-minded in many different ways. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, I, I think being queer is having kind of a holistic, inclusive mind. Oh. Uh, yeah. It's not just I want to sleep with someone of the same, you know, gender assigned at birth. That's awesome. That's amazing. I did not even realize that that queer had deeper meaning than oh, yeah. just really. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. Now I feel very like, oh, I want to be queer. Yeah. I mean, in theory, you could be queer. <laughs> you could can you be, be you can, can you be queer? straight queer sort of or like queer just, but attracted to the opposite sex. Yeah. Well, cuz some people actually say that being queer is you can be bisexual as well. You can be pansexual if you're queer. Uh, you can be attracted to trans folk when you're queer. It isn't just I am attracted to someone of the same gender assigned at birth mm-hmm. as myself. Oh, interesting. Yes. All right, Alicia, we're learning a ton. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Bucket well, of knowledge. Uh, on top of that, and Bucket you were... <laughs> Oh, wait. I got to play the... Uh, hold on. Let me play the disclaimer so we can really swear here. Yeah, we need to do that. This is a statement intended to specify or delimit the scope of rights and obligations that may be exercised and enforced by parties that... Jane C. of the Tari. That's one. The Hey Frage podcast. From NPR. I'm looking up all the names of NPR people. <laughs> These are all the NPR people in your neighborhood. Mandalita Baralco. No clue. Can't fucking pronounce that for shit. Anyway, a lot of weird names. A lot of weird names at NPR. <laughs> a lot well, of weird, smart people. We have a ton of stories to talk about. Yes. So I sent you an enormous amount of show prep. And this is the first week, by the way, that I'm doing the Hey Frage podcast once a week. Yet last Ooh. week, I put out this statement. You know, I, I've i been so... This podcast has been so, so, so amazing for many reasons. And I feel like when you start something from the heart that you genuinely love to do, of course, that attracts other people. And so Fox Five, who I've worked with on a contributor basis for a long time, came to me probably about a year ago and loved the Hayfresh podcast and then wanted to do this key card podcast. Then since then, they've said... Okay, let's do another another type of podcast. So I pitched a true crime podcast to them, Ooh. which I'm working on now. So I've had to at least temporarily take the Hey Fresh podcast to once a week. And I put that out on my Facebook last week and people were, you know, mixed feelings. Everybody was really sad and they were like, oh my God, please don't let this be the end of it. And I'm like, <sighs> no, it's not the end. But it is, sometimes I think you have to, for me anyway, I know myself, I have to be all in on something 
or I have to scale back in other areas. So temporarily, the Hey Frage podcast is going to go to once a week on Wednesdays, and it's going to be longer, which I'm excited about because I feel like when you do three a week, it's a lot of show prep. It's a lot of booking guests. It's a lot of behind the scenes. So this way, I feel like we can not worry about time, and we can really kind of get into some of these topics that people want to hear about even more. Sounds good. I mean, you're in high demand. That's basically (laughs) what you're saying. You're saying that you're in high demand and that we can only get little pieces of you and we should just be grateful for what we get. Super prepared. And so she put three days of show prep into today's show prep. So you guys really are getting plenty. It's like too much As if I didn't have plans last night for Valentine's Day. So thank you. So thank you, Sarah. Oh my God, I know. Thank you, Sarah. You to read all this crap. Um, anyhow, look, we have a million stories to get to. A recap of our Valentine's Day. I want to hear how you guys, how yours was. And I'll tell you, I, I just have to share like funny stories. Dan is a guy wondering if anyone else dates a significant other where they like really sometimes are super romantic and they just knock it out of the park. And then other times you're like, what the fuck? Where did this come from? <laughs> so my birthday, I'll just tease you with this. My birthday involved an eight-course vegan dinner. Sarah's but not vegan. Dan and I aren't vegan. <laughs> so just tell you. Sarah's birthday is also the day before Valentine's Day, a.k.a. Desperation Day. Right. Just so we all know. So basically every man wants to date you because they're like, two for... Yeah, but I feel like they don't want to date me because it's like double the gifts, back to back. Or they so can they, be oh, like, one or just gift. one. <laughs> oh, I would not Where accept like, that. Oh, no. <laughs> no. No. No way. Come on. Let's be millennial women. No, I love millennial you. Millennial know. women who are yes. open to one gift. <laughs> okay, I love that thought, ladies. But no, I love gifts. And I love double the gifts and double the dinners. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, that is fire. But then on the other end of it, my birthday gift was a novelty Kate Spade clutch in the form of a gallon of ice cream. That was super fucking cute. <laughs> okay. I saw that on your Snapchat. Okay. That was perfect. Okay. So I'll, that I'll get, in, I'll get into more. You also threw it on your lap, and I loved it. <laughs> well, I know. We were like, I was like, okay, hon. Anyway, I'll tell you more about my Valentine's Day. I want to hear about yours. Also, I'm a little obsessed with this story. I mean... Has anyone been following this crazy Kim Jong-un having his um, half-brother assassinated with poison in the face? What? I mean, who doesn't want to do that to their (laughs) half-brother? Like, right? No. Yes. No. What? I think a lot of people can relate. I... But it's a crazy story. Read that in, like, I don't know if y'all are familiar with the very popular Metro newspaper Express. Yes, here in D.C. (laughs) Yeah. But they basically shove in your face. You have no choice but to take it. And you're like, fine, I'll read it. And they always have like a cute first page and then like actual shit on the in the rest of it. And I read that this morning and I was very surprised about it. And I don't know enough about it to like Oh, to talk about it? Well neither do we, but I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I just just don't know enough about like the King Jong un like whole situation. But well, the fact that crazy. he killed his half-brother with poison in the face does not He's crazy. Me. Well, we'll get into that story more. I also want to talk about, did you read the article that was, that's was that been circulating for the past week? A, a woman, a female writer, says that women are too alpha in their relationships. And that's essentially why millennial women cannot find love. I mean, yes. And I'm dying to know your thoughts because I feel okay. like you might... I don't know. I think you might have, Alicia, a whole nother take on this story. A whole nother level. A whole nother level. A whole nother level. I wonder if no, you... Later. Give me the really quick. Do you agree with this story or not? 
I actually slightly agree. Oh, I knew it was going to be good. I knew you'd be good. Okay, we will discuss that. I also want to talk about that. And then um, also, I mean, there's just like a million stories I have to get to. If you're making a murderer fan also for the first time, you remember creepy prosecutor Ken Kratz. He's coming out with a bombshell book that essentially accuses Netflix and the two um, the two women that produced Making a Murderer of editing to make things look different than what they are. So I'll, we'll get into that yeah. article, too. So are they're you, just did, doing their job as an editor. <laughs> right. Well, he says it was bias in the sense that they truly edited out other information that mm-hmm. made Brendan Dassey, compl- that his guilty conviction should not be overturned. Stephen Avery did do it. And but Netflix wanted a story of these two innocent men. Look what's happening in our justice system. When Ken Kratz is saying that's absolutely not what the case was. Well, that's I, just because he looked horrible on the documentary. <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, Come on, bias. Play. Good point. And we're buying your story. Good okay. point. Um, be sure to review this podcast. By the way, you know you can download the podcast on iTunes. Be sure to leave a review there today if you get a chance. And then also, don't forget, um, tickets are almost sold out for our 7.30 p.m. show, uh, April, February 24th. I'm like, April, February 24th, dcimprov.com. So be sure to get those. um, You'll want to pick those up. Let's start with our Valentine's Day uh, event. So I kind of gave you the the brief about mine over the past couple of days, and I'm still trying to figure this out. I, I won't name the restaurant because here's what I feel bad, and I posted this on my social media. I feel so bad for vegan people. Are you vegan, Alicia? I am not vegan. Are you vegan, Irene? No, I was close to it for like four years. Here's my thing. Weren't we all? <laughs> Weren't we all? <laughs> Weren't we all vegetarian? And then we're like, what about that Costco rotisserie chicken? It was like, but bacon. 100%. But, but bacon. bacon. So. Here's the thing. Um, We went to this place, and it was so nice. And two days a week, they do just an exclusive eight-course vegan dinner, right? And it's really pretty. It's beautiful. They bring it out in these little, like, um, terrarium-looking presentations, right? But it's basically three baby turnips in some pureed, uh, you know, hummus. And you're like, where the hell's the rest (laughs) of this shit? And... So Dan surprised me on Monday night. I was looking forward to like a really good birthday dinner, right? Like, um, you know, I love Del Campo, like, you know, endless meats and bread. Did you tell him you like wanted that though? No. I just said surprise me because we like to everyone's Surprise me with exactly what I want I'm I'm not going to lie though. I I, like my mind might be getting like super, super vulgar and like way too vulgar for the podcast. it can't. But I'm having flashbacks of the episode of Sex and the City. Okay. When Kim Cattrall... Uh, Samantha was dating oh, the man yeah. with the funky spunk. And so then was like, oh, but everything else is so amazing about this man. How can I get the spunk not so funky? And then they went to one of those raw vegan places to make the spunk <laughs> a little bit better. No, it does work. What you eat, like, definitely, definitely affects your taste. Drastically, yeah. I mean, it didn't work on Sex in the City. It didn't work on Sex in the City. It didn't work there. Does but, work in real life. Um, does it? Well, if you eat, like, a salad once, I don't think it changes the way your cum tastes. You've got to, like, do it repeatedly. Yeah. That's why, yeah, I feel like it's the old adage, like, you have to, and as, water, as women, people, you you water, <laughs> yeah, water, <laughs> it's all you need is water, just drink water. Please, we want your bodily fluids to taste at least neutral. Yeah, just if water. If not pineapple, neutral. We don't need the vegan. Maybe Dan was trying to Entree. send me a signal. <laughs> 
could be, but also maybe I'm gonna start BO, tasting myself. But more. it's a bo thing too. Well, he it's knows. not just that; it's a bo thing. So maybe Dan was having some bo issues. Oh, and wanted to make sure the mood would be set just right, just right for the night. Oh, interesting. Because you're like a super mindful eater, and maybe he thought that just like equated to like fancy vegan dinner. I think that's what he was thinking. Or okay. it was a mistake, and maybe Dan didn't even know what he was taking you to. Yeah, that's right. I'm going with that. <laughs> I'm he, go with that's that. such a boy thing. Be like, eight courses? Sounds good. Sounds great. And then showed up and was like vegan, and then was like, see? <laughs> Don't you love vegetables, Sarah? We're going to try this out. <laughs> so we did, and you know, God bless the vegans. Like, they put so much work like I said it was beautiful like every course was gorgeous and then they even took the time to make imitation caviar out of seaweed and I thought oh lord this is so much work and everything tasted like dirt no matter what way (laughs) I mean honest to god the the imitation stuff everything tasted like seaweed mixed with dirt and you're like no matter what the course and I just thought oh the vegans Anyway, it was, but but my birthday, like I said, ended with this great Kate Spade bag. I'm a big novelty clutch, Alicia. Okay. Uh, clutch collector. Sure. So, All about the clutches. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, you know, I'm sure people have weird Dan, collections. he can't get it right every time. True. Okay. True. But he did get it right this past weekend. I was well, very, was I was really happy. So what about, I want to hear what happened with you. Irene, uh, by the way, she she's here because her boyfriend is here in D.C. And then, of course, she she found this I'm podcast. I'm also like a strong, independent woman that came out here totally on my own. Oh, right, that too. <laughs> that, that part too. Aww. No. But like, I definitely 100% would not have been in D.C. if it wasn't for him. How was your Valentine's Day? My Valentine's Day was good. Okay, good. Well, what happened? We, so I have, like, an extremely thoughtful boyfriend. He's very sweet. He's very thoughtful. He's, like, very sensitive and emotional, So and I am very sensitive and emotional. So it's, like... <laughs> so it, there was a lot of crying and holding yeah. each other. A lot of tears. Not, there was tears because he had been, he was, again, super thoughtful and made, like, a bunch of reservations three weeks ago, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we were supposed to, he, um, we were supposed to have drinks like go to happy hour and then go to dinner and um then he was supposed to get out of work early okay and unfortunately his boss didn't uh allow him to get out of work early okay (laughs) and so what was gonna be us meeting up at like five for drinks and like queso and tortilla chips and then we're gonna go to logan tavern um turned into him having to stay at work till like 8 p.m because his boss was just not being very... Basically a cold, hard understanding. Oh. Who probably yeah. didn't have a Valentine. Well, she has, like... That was the thing. Oh, is like I just she, knew it was a woman. She, oh, oh right. yeah. 100%. 100%. <laughs> and it was just super... And he was super stressed. So it just, like... We ended up just going to, like, a bar around the street from his work and, like, pounding, like, four Bud Lights and real tequila. And <laughs> I had a burger that was, like... Like, when I say, like, raw in the middle, I mean, like... Bleeding? It was no, not oh. not bleeding. Like ooh, like oh, it it's cold. super rare. Like it literally looked like if I took it out, it was like the actual ground beef. But um, wasn't oh. great. Still ate it. Like your girl, like got down on it for sure. Okay, because okay. <laughs> I'm a dirty bitch. Okay, but all right, it was it was super fun. It was very us. Like him and I have like a very silly, really like 
like the one of the first times we like hooked up, like he got a bloody nose, and like the next time I was on my period, like it was like like we're just so like a comedy of errors, and I love it, and I love him for it, and so we had a lot of fun, and he got me a little sloth stuffed animal because they're my favorite. Well, good for you on your Valentine's. I spent my yeah, Valentine's with two. Well, first off, I should say I double booked on Valentine's Day. Hell yeah. Wait, don't get yeah, don't, don't get okay, up. okay. Don't get your hopes up. Yeah, I spent my Valentine's Day with two of my exes. <gasps> really? How about that? Love it. Oh yeah. So, um I quickly began to regret doing this at least with my first ex, I should say, which is the more recent one. So that was my first stop. Okay. So what was the night. what were the plans and like what led you to double booking with exes? Um, because I didn't realize that yesterday was Valentine's Day because I'm single. Oh, <laughs> sure. So okay. I had no clue when I was like, yeah, Tuesday. Mm-hmm, let's do it. And then I realized, oh, today is Valentine's Day. And I basically Fuck. just booked dinner with one of my exes who still would kind of like to date me oh. on Valentine's Day. And I might be giving mixed messages. So did you guys, you end up, ended up going out? We went to dinner. And did this ex feel like they were given then mixed messages? Well, see, then the problem was, because I'm like one of those people, I just like to be ahead of the game. Sure. I just like to be ahead of it. I decided that my material to speak about that evening would be about my hookups last week. So then they would not get any. Yeah. So then they wouldn't get any, like, you know, ideas. Like, yes, I'm thriving. I'm not hurting. I'm living. How long ago did y'all break up? Um... Oh, how long ago was it? Oh, last fall. So it's been a couple okay, of months. Okay, it's been oh, like four for or five sure, months. Dude. Yeah, it's been some months. But this is women. Yeah, do I need to say this again? I'm queer. So no, no, no. This, this is, is other women. women. Okay, cool. So other women. So you know, might need a little bit more time to heal. <laughs> Whatever. We take it harder. So you end up apparently you stay on that date, and then you talk about your exes, and then do you go to a second date after that? Well, then I go to my other ex, who was going through some things, so I was trying to be the supportive ex. Okay, for her. Yes, okay. and brought her food that I ordered on the date. Well, on You ordered to-go food at the dinner you were at to bring to your other ex, who was you your second Valentine's stop? Yes. You're, you're goals. <laughs> you yes. Are. You're who I want to be when I grow up. Look, guys, it's rough. It's rough out here in these streets. Wait, what yeah. food did you bring? What food did it's you bring? Rough. I brought a salad and a little bit of dessert. Well, that was sweet of you. I'm just thinking the first one, the first ex, is really feeling like, oh, God. I mean, the first one's probably crushed. Well, the first one, there's a reason why we're no longer together. And I'm a big believer in life is all about choices. And that was the choice you decided to make to do all the things that you did that then led to me going, we are now breaking up. Yeah, (laughs) There you go. Hell yeah. So you wouldn't have to be in this position if you did better. So let me order my fucking salad (laughs) for my other ex. Fuck you. I love that we've had the... Okay, I feel like those three stories of Valentine's Day really summed up probably most people listening. Like everybody everybody. can identify. There's the like good intention. Um, There's the it fucked up and then there's the I hung out with my ex. (laughs) We've covered it all. I want to talk about some uh, some stories that are trending, and I, I didn't send all of these to you today, but I just want you to weigh in. Did you ever have an American Girl doll when you were little, or were we like... I grew up poor, okay? <laughs> I got the catalog, okay? I got to look at the catalog, and I had the books. I hear you. Did you cut the pictures out? I got That's the what books. I did. 
I didn't cut the pictures out, but I did. I got the catalog. I know the catalog was the best when you were little. I can't remember. I don't think I had one either because I think I was actually like you have seven thousand dolls, don't you? I know. I'm trying to think. Maybe I did, or maybe my mom bought one as like a collector's item, but you can't play with it because I, you know Uh. me, I I have a five hundred doll collection, which is like worth nothing. But (laughs) you have it. But I have it. Yeah, great. (laughs) Uh, Well, American Girl doll announced this week that now they're going to have their first boy doll named Logan. It apparently is the first in the company's expansion of trying to have uh, dolls that represent more of modern society. But here's the thing, you know, their sales have been decreasing over the past 10 years, um, mostly because they've gotten away from, remember how American Girl dolls started with the catalog and they actually would tell historical stories through the dolls? Yeah, it was fucking awesome. Right, so it would be like, whatever, it would be this white girl who was like an English teacher who grew up in Colonial Williamsburg. Right, and then a slave. And then you'd have an, in, uh, you know, Native American. Did you? No, you weren't into that doll. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like for years, all we had. Like, I think for 10 years when the company started, yeah, the only, the black, only one. black one. That was pretty was bad. The slave. <laughs> yeah. Well, now the, the boy, Logan, is... He's like a white hipster dude, though. Right. So they're getting a little bit of backlash that their first one out is like white hipster Logan. Like a straight white male privileged doll. Like, <laughs> like right. We couldn't get Obama. I mean, <gasps> great Because I would have bought that doll. A hundred percent. Like, I wouldn't buy Logan and I wouldn't buy any of these dolls, but I would buy an Obama doll. Oh my god. President Obama doll. And it could have been him. And when times get rough, you can just you know, hold on to Obama. What a genius idea. Did you see his little tweet to Michelle about Valentine's Day? No, I didn't. What'd they say? Fucking precious. It was just like a picture of them being adorable. And he's like, been my Valentine for 27 years. Like, Thanks for making my life worth li- like better. Because they love each other. They're fucking precious, dude. Aww. That is so sweet. That Writers. is a great idea. Anyway, if you're into American Girl Dog the doll, they're trying to kind of grow the brand, and this is their next attempt to do that. Um, also, how do you feel about this? Because Alicia, I bet you'll have strong feelings. Uh, Elizabethtown College in central Pennsylvania has been making news this week as well for having students at the Liberal Arts College wear white puzzle piece pins to remind themselves of white privilege. Now, organizers say the point of the project is to encourage people to talk about race and white privilege. It was inspired by a Lutheran pastor in Wisconsin who has pledged to wear a white pin for one year. Um, Founded in 1899, Elizabethtown College has about 1,800 undergraduate students uh, the and eighty six percent of them are white. How do you feel about this? Um, of people, white people wearing around a pin to acknowledge, hey, look, I have white privilege. I mean, it seems like a pretty convoluted way of like just looking in the mirror. I don't know. Like, I don't know if you need the white puzzle piece. Like, you could just carry around a mirror, or like every time you catch a reflection, like maybe that can You're let like, you know. Oh right, I'm like, white. Oh yeah, that's right. Like I'm white. <laughs> Like, it's just super convoluted. I don't don't think, I know, okay, here's the thing. When I first started hearing the word white privilege, right, at first, I think as a woman and as a white woman, I I think a lot of people, white people, become very defensive about that word. Of course. You know, who are you to tell me I have white privilege? I grew up poor. I tried to, you know, I'm a woman. I also suffer discrimination. So I think any reminder or any way that it can click because really what white privilege is and i really realized this actually here in in the fox newsroom a couple of weeks ago like for the first time i mean i i understand the conversation of white privilege but for me it really really clicked is that what white privilege basically is is as a woman yes 
all women, we're going to be discriminated against when it comes to men, right? Pitting, you know, we still have the um, pay gap, all that stuff. But in the newsroom, for example, how I'm treated as a white woman is going to be maybe a little bit better than how my black co-workers, female co-workers, are going to be treated, and differently than my Asian co-workers are going to be treated. And so when you begin to think about that, it's like, okay, now you begin to understand how my bosses treat me differently than some of my African-American co-workers, and that's amazing. And I'm like, damn, okay, yeah, we are still being discriminated against, but there's even deeper discrimination there's than levels. that. I there's mean, levels. It's, it's, there's levels to this shit, okay? There's levels. Um, I, I Look, I'm not going to lie. I, I feel like I'm about to have a really militant 2017. Ooh, like, okay. Like, real talk. Especially after what happened. Can, I mean, can we talk about the Grammys? Oh, my bit? God, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because to me, this is a perfect depiction of white privilege. So okay, Adele, give us, yeah, so us. Adele wins, you know, album of the year. And of course she essentially dedicates her whole entire speech to Beyonce saying that Beyonce is my artist yep. uh, of my life. You know, Beyonce has done all this. And then me as a black woman, when you look at all the articles, what I'm supposed to be grateful that, or like and say I'm Beyonce, I'm supposed to be grateful that when Adele got up there accepting the award that I should have accepted I'm supposed to be grateful just because she said a whole bunch of nice things about me. Like, no, I don't have to be grateful about that. Because real talk, if Adele really wanted to give it up to Beyonce, she should have passed the mic. She should have been like, Beyonce, you should be getting this award. Get up here and take this time on the stage to talk. But that's not what happened. Adele continued to speak on the stage. So what's your opinion if... Okay, so your opinion is Adele should have gone all in, given the microphone exactly. to Beyonce, instead of what did you see it as like a little bit patronizing that she stood up there and said, "Oh, Beyonce, you know, lemonade." Well, I will say I I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to come not into her accent. I'm not going to come too hard for Adele because I don't Adele care. Adele is different. Well, no, but it's. I think Adele is a little bit different because Adele is not your typical American white woman. Adele is an English artist, and for years, I mean, decades. Uh, English artists have always given credit to black American artists and have always cited them and always done that. So Adele doing what she did really didn't do anything outside of what English artists have been doing for years. Right. So it really wasn't that uh, groundbreaking, in my opinion, or that, you know, banner. Yeah, to have that many articles written about it and to have that much publicity over her being like, hey, I'm really inspired by you. But that's, but that's what the art, but this is the other thing. This is privilege. The article isn't talking about how black women felt about it. It isn't talking about lemonade and the greatness that was lemonade. The articles are talking about how Adele was, so was giving sweet. it up to Beyonce. Yeah, that's an interesting point. And see, I my only defense, or I guess um, in favor of the white puzzle pins that, that they're wearing at Elizabethtown is like, people are going to receive and understand white privilege at different points through different channels. So if this connects with someone who goes, oh, okay, I get it, then I think it's worth wearing. I wouldn't wear it, but I I feel like (laughs) I try to constantly, you know, on this show, you become more aware of what, you know, people from different backgrounds are going through. If the puzzle piece is what they need. (laughs) If if puzzle piece it. If I spoke to, like, my friends who are marginalized and, like, my black friends, my Asian friends, my gay friends, my... 
like as a straight white woman, like I do feel like a little bit of discrimination because I'm a woman. But like if I spoke to them and they were like, yo, it'd be really important for me for you to wear that to like recognize your privilege more and maybe get the word out, I'd be like, fuck it, I'll wear it. Like You'd be all in favor of it. Yeah. But I think that it is important to just like look at yourself in the mirror and be like, I'm pretty privileged. Like, I need to understand that that's a thing that I'm... We all come from places of privilege. I mean, even me as a black woman, there are modes of privilege that I have. I am educated. I have a college degree. I have a house. I have a car. These are all privilege points. And if I, as a black, well, really a queer black woman, can identify my privilege, I think the question is how you, with whiteness, how can you not... Yeah, identify your privilege. Exactly. Mm. I think that's that's a good point too. I was going to parlay that. Did you read the article that Carlos Santana says that lemonade that Beyonce is essentially talentless and that Adele should have won? <laughs> <laughs> well, he is backtracked because the hive came for him. So he already knew. He already knew he had to backtrack a little bit. He already knew that he had to come down from what that. What was his uh, retraction? I haven't read that. Did you? Well, the retraction was, oh, I wasn't really trying to come for her. You know, I, I, I didn't mean any disrespect. I, I was just saying that, you know, with Beyonce, there's a lot of other things that kind of go into making her Beyonce. And that Adele is really famous and making money and winning awards from the voice. Based off the music and uh, the voice. You think there's any truth to that? No, it's completely accurate. Uh, It's just Adele can't dance. So what? Beyonce is just supposed to like sit down on stage and stop dancing. Beyonce can dance. If you can sing and dance, sing and dance, girl. Like I'm not even I'm not even a Beyonce fan. Like I'm not like a B or whatever. But there's no denying what she's done for feminism is great. What she's done for black women is great. Yeah. Like she's fucking talented. Beyonce is Amazing. Yeah, she's and I'm oh, and, and I'm truly not hive. For years, I have discounted Beyonce. I think Beyonce has a machine behind her. If you think that she doesn't, yeah, you're no. fucking idiot. But Beyonce is Beyonce. I know she is she's Beyonce. Beat. Like you, can, you can't say the name Beyonce and anybody would not know it. Which I, is fucking cool. Good for her, dude. I, I mean, no, I agree with you guys, and I thought Lemonade was, like, unbelievable. And I, I don't know what's up with the Grammys that she keeps, um, you know, I, the only thing I feel for her is it's almost, like, a, a little embarrassing, I think, at this point, that, like, every year she's nominated for numerous Grammys, and I think she's only won what? I don't know. Well, she's won a lot. She has won a lot? Beyonce okay. has won a lot of Grammys, but... It's like that every- doesn't take away from the fact that she definitely deserved Album of the Year this year. It's like every year, you know, you see Kanye gets up there again to remind everybody Kanye again. And then, you know, it's like, <laughs> poor Beyonce. I mean, I feel like she, the poor thing now, Adele and everybody writes about It's like, oh, poor Beyonce. Um, Ken Kratz, of course, is the creepy prosecutor in Making a Murderer, if you are obsessed with that series like I was. Uh, he apparently is going to be appearing on Friday, this Friday's Dateline broadcast, um, to discuss how Making a Murderer left out a confession of Brendan Dassey's that makes him guilty. This came in a news release yesterday. Um, Ken Kratz also has a book that's coming out where he says he's going to reveal much more of the details that were deliberately edited out. He says Dassey did help the uncle Stephen Avery murder Teresa Halbach in 2005. The filmmakers uh, who documented the case for a hit Netflix series, of course, Making a Murderer, omitted much of the evidence, says Kratz. Uh, Kratz says filmmakers failed to show how Dassey resisted interrogators' suggestions 13 times in the March 2006 interview before he confessed. 
And if you recall, that was the big kind of problem was the way at least it's appeared on Netflix is like they basically fed Brendan Dassey the the um, confession and he goes, yeah, yeah, you know, can I go watch Monster Truck Race now? And they were like, no, right. you're going to jail. So anyway, um, he's also going to be appearing on, on Dayline. Do you guys believe any of that, his points? No. I didn't uh, watch it. No, he's just bitter. He's just bitter. Stop being a bitter Betty. He uh, step the, off. The book uh, is called Avery: The Case Against Stephen Avery and What Making a Murderer Gets Wrong. Um, in it, so that's what you're going to be seeing about that. Uh, I, I know, and I'm sure you're right. He had to come out with something because I'm assuming, as a prosecutor, I mean, my God, he was—he's so creepy in that documentary. I mean, he looked horrible. Look, this is the thing. He probably is being somewhat... There probably are things that they left out. Because, look, we were watching a produced television show, basically. Right. So there are probably several things that were left out. However, he is not the messenger to deliver this message because he just looks real bitter. So it's probably accurate what he is saying. But we don't believe you. But we don't believe you. Go sit down. But sorry, we don't believe you. No. Uh, he also says in that confession, Brendan Dassey revealed troubling allegations against his uncle, that his uncle touched his genitals and even gave a motive for Teresa's rape and murder, that Avery was pissed off that his fiance was in jail and he hadn't, quote, gotten any in a while. In a videotaped interview lasting about two hours, Brendan told a slightly different story than he provided on March 1st. Um, again, that, according to Kratz, was all edited out. And what you see is a coerced-looking Brendan Dassey who seems innocent enough, and he says, not true. So, anyway, there you go. If you want more of it, of course I'll be watching on Dateline. Um, (laughs) I loved your quote, Alicia, at the start of this, that many of us would like to have our half-brothers assassinated. Um, (laughs) But Kim Jong-un apparently has. Such a—I mean, isn't this so strange? I'm I'm waiting for the time when Trump just goes, you know what— you think he'll start he, having people assassinated? Uh, no, I think oh. Trump is going to go, you know, that guy might be on to something. I think yeah. I need to sit down and have a and chat have with him. a really him. good handshake, like a really A solid. really, really good one. I mean, this is, this is ridiculous, but this guy is just crazy. I mean, when I think of, what, North Korea? Yeah. When I think of North Korea, I think of the creepy children singing. Oh, and marching oh. all at once. Like, oh, I don't know yeah, the songs. It's fucking weird, dude. Look, maybe his half brother was kind of like, "Look, let me get out of this thing. Let let me get out of this thing." I really like waking up to little children. That's my alarm clock. A little bit creeped out right now. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking weird. For all we know, for all we know. Um, Of course, Kim Jong Un, thirty-three, has ordered scores of subordinates executed when he questioned anything. Their loyalty. Um, They're also saying that the half brother may have been getting ready to either work with uh, other countries or reveal information about Kim Jong Un. Um, So Kim Jong Nam is the half-brother that was killed. Basically, when two women, uh, one of the women wearing an LOL shirt, came up to them and then sprayed something in his face that turned out to be poison. (laughs) She sprayed poison in his face and then lolled about it? uh, Both of the women immediately ran off. The ruckus was caused by the man's death on Monday at an international airport at Kuala Lumpur. Um, Initially, it was minor news until they figured out that Kim Jong-nam is the 45-year-old estranged half-brother of Kim Jong-un and was probably getting ready to reveal other secrets. Therefore, he was assassinated. But if he was estranged, how does he know all these secrets? 
Well, I'm assuming, like much like, like many of these other <laughs> crazy leaders, Look, I that just want to say track... this is probably over a girl. Let's be real. <laughs> you think? Let's be real, guys. It was over a girl. You know. Wow. It was over a girl. That's, That's where we moment. can basically root everything. You know, just men getting upset, having a fight. All over a woman, huh? All over. <laughs> All over. Can you imagine this? I mean, I don't. <sighs> Relationships are so funny. Speaking of other crazy relationships, a 76-year-old newlywed shot his wife after an argument over sleeping arrangements. Did you see this story? Oh, oh, I don't get good internet down here, so I don't even think it's going to play. Investigators say was shot in the buttocks by her husband. Last night, four in your corner told you about a 77-year-old newlywed husband who told police that he shot his wife in the butt after she refused to have sex with him. Tonight, four in your corners, Lisa Greenberg is live at the Lee County Sheriff's Office with more on what neighbors say they saw and they heard last night. Lisa. Well, Patrick and Amy, I spoke with this man's wife tonight. She's recovering at home with two gunshot wounds. She describes this well, whole situation oh, as an absolute oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, she's nightmare, alive. and she's still coming, uh, trying to come to grips with it. When are, the, are they getting divorced? Through the windows of this home in <laughs> a quiet Lehigh Acres neighborhood, no. the Lee County Sheriff's Office says an argument between this man and his wife oh. ended in gunfire. I can What's see why she wouldn't on? want him sex with him. I Jesus Christ, yeah, dude. leave the house. And I'd seen the police. 77-year-old Donald Royce admitted to deputies, I shot her and the gun is in my room. His wife was shot in her rear and her hip. During his interview Ow. at the sheriff's office, Royce told deputies he and his oh, wife had been married for seven months and still hadn't consummated the marriage. The arrest report oh, says wow. he became angry. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Everything just changed. <laughs> okay, pause. All right, hold on. I'll stop this story. So seven months, that's what I was getting to. Seven months, no sex. You think that's uh, that warrants being shot in the ass? Nothing. I mean, it doesn't warrant being shot in the ass, but it warrants a significant conversation of like, why haven't we boned? <laughs> well, they're seventy-six. Well, but why are these people? Seventy-six years know better. They know better. Yeah, okay? that's fucking true. They know better. If this was some 26-year-olds that were like, no, we're going to save ourselves, and then we're going to come together, and, you know, Literally. it's going to be beautiful because we're going to be married. No, I don't even understand why people are doing this whole, like, not having sex before marriage thing. It's stupid. Stop you it. don't? You don't <laughs> think it, it makes your bond closer? You get to actually know. What if they're horrible? I didn't believe this until I have a friend that started doing this. Like, basically, you know, she would sleep with people whenever, you know, she'd go out on dates, and it, fine, if it moved her, she'd have sex with them on the first date. She'd have sex with them after three weeks. But she had she has a very good theory, which is essentially if somebody is just dating you for sex, right, they're going to hang in there, at, whether it's two months or two days, as long as it takes to get it from you. And then they're going to ditch you if you're not that into See, them. I feel like that's really straight. That's like a very yeah, straight way of thinking. Um, yeah, no, because if you can't, if you don't have chemistry in the bedroom, come on. Yeah, why would you want to be? Come on, that's really the travesty of this story. Don't you feel like the chemistry that happens in the bedroom happens when you get to know somebody? Like, absolutely not. No. (laughs) Well, it's also like, it's not even just about like, oh, can I make you come? Can you make me come? Like, it's so much about (laughs) communication. Like, if you're not... That's like I've learned a lot about people just like through like about how they communicate through being like intimate with them. And if somebody can't be communicative and open with you in the bedroom, like 
Sometimes that's a but big... But don't you feel like you find that out about somebody... Okay, look. I mean, oh. haven't you dated... Anybody that I've ever dated that's been, like, open and real, are there usually you have good chemistry and it's good sex because they're already willing to be open. So no. <laughs> Alicia disagrees, Queen. No. Really? You need to know me and you need to get to know my body. You can get to know me, but then, like, when our bodies meet, it's like, no, this is not going to work out. Yeah. But, you know, you need to know me and get to know my body before wow. we get married. Wow. Okay, I thought, I actually could have, I thought Sierra and Russell Wilson, I was like, they're on to something. Maybe no. this is the new trend. Maybe there's really something to, you know, not Look, rushing I have friends things. who I have I have friends who believe in this and 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 they've done the whole celibacy thing. You know, if and somebody we're together. wants to do it, that's fucking awesome. And like <laughs> Live yeah, your life, not I. But I not am I. not subscribing not to I. that mentality <laughs> at all. Either one of you take Benadryl? Yes, I took I have, a Benadryl yeah. this morning. You did? I took it yesterday. Oh, no. I have bad She's news like, for Benadryl you. Benadryl kills you. Yes. <laughs> I have this die right now. scary shit. I read this uh, new study that links Benadryl to a certain disease. Research suggests that long-term use of a drug might be linked to serious mental health issues. Well, that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> An active ingredient in Benadryl, I can't even say it, uh, diphomenadrine. Uh, appears to oh, impair yeah. cognitive functioning and increase the risk of dementia for individuals who take the drug oh, in high doses for well, long this term. Is good. I mean, I've been looking forward to becoming demented when I'm in my 70s. <laughs> so then everyone just wipes me, bathes me, dresses me. They'll get me. to know your body too. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> well, what if it happens in it. like your 50s? That's the that's the worst part. They're saying this if you start young and start taking this could have bigger effects well what are large doses is that like every day like four times a day that's a great point actually um, like that, nobody's taking it that often if you take a benadryl when your nose is stuffy you like live your life uh, they looked at 3,500 seniors involved in a seven-year program known as Adult Changes in Thought. 800 participants developed dementia over the course of the study, and by examining prescription records and self-reported information about individuals' medical history, researchers were able to establish a strong link between dementia and the Benadryl use. Um, That's actually a lot of people. Or was it Benadryl and meth? Look, this is self-reported stuff. People could have been <laughs> doing true. numerous other things. And real talk, I mean, we're living too long anyway. <laughs> We're living too long anyway. No, that's not good. We want to live longer. <laughs> Do we? Do we? Do we? Here's, here's the thing in they Trump's said. America. <laughs> they found in this study, if you're taking Benadryl uh, multiple times on a weekly basis over three years. So that was that was sort of the big indicator. So yeah. if you've been taking Benadryl for three years, multiple times a week, straight. If you do anything for three years, multiple times a week, you're probably going to yeah. get dementia. Yeah, it's true. Moderation. Like walking. <laughs> Dementia's not that bad, though. You're demented. You don't know. Maybe you think Obama's still president. (laughs) Sounds lovely. You'd like to be under that. Give me more Benadryl. Uh, Ladies, when you check out other ladies in a non-sexual way, what are the first things that you look for in another woman? Are you always, like, sizing women up? Oh, I check women out all the fucking time. For what reasons? Just, like, because, like, you're trying to see if this person's, like, threatening or non-threatening or... I really like to kind of, like really like to judge people um no i really like to just like what kind of like because i love makeup so i'm like what kind of makeup are they wearing what kind of clothes are they wearing oh uh-huh. she has nice tits like oh i wish i had her butt or like just stuff like that kind of just 
I mean, it's like a bunch of stuff women aren't supposed to do, like comparing yourself to other women, but I mean, it happens all the fucking time. I'm like, damn, that girl is the most fire body I've ever seen in my life. I thought, well, this was strange, but it revealed on um, looking at women's gaze towards other women in a non-sexual way that the first thing we look at is their hips. Do you think that's true? Are you sizing up a woman's hips normally? I actually slightly, when I read this, I was slightly like, oh... I think I actually do tend to go to the I hips. kind of agreed. Yeah, yeah I was I, like, oh, wait a minute. I feel like I actually do check out women's butts and hips more often than I think. Yeah, but I think, sure, yeah. I think the difference is, is you kind of look at someone's hips, but really you're looking at their midsection. And I do think there's a level of... Because we're women and we are fertile beings. Oh, you think that's it? We're, I, I, we're that's what for I think. Childbearing it is. hips, right? I, I don't even know if it's childbearing hips, but it's like I think we're drawn to that area because we are fertile be- beings. You're like the uterus, and that's is there. where we, you know, kind of hold things. That's, oh. that's actually what I thought in my mind. It's terrible. Or you're looking to see if a woman has a gut. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I do that. I look at women's eyebrows a lot. That's like also one of the first things I do. Good. I'm like, damn, my midsection's the worst. And that's what people are looking at first. What do I got to do? My midsection is amazing. So look all day. Yeah, yours is. Yours is super hot. Yeah, definitely. So is Irene's. Oh, absolutely not. Your girl is one of Mine looks like I've already given birth and I haven't had any kids. (laughs) I think that's what people are saying. Oh, how many children do you have? Actually. That's another thing, and it wasn't included in this study, but women actually do prefer women with a wider, like, girth because it is, yeah, because it is about childbearing. Yeah. I know. It is. Anyway, I Men do too, right? Isn't that like a men thing too also? Well, I don't know if that's where men's eyes directly Yeah, that's true. I don't think that's what they're looking at immediately. God, if this story, if this really turns out to be true, I'm going to get a boob job to distract people from my midriff. Look. <laughs> like, check out these before you check out this. <laughs> uh, they said next, though, was the head, upper body, and legs. The least checked out by women to other women were the arms. Uh, study found interesting rego- results regarding a woman's confidence in her own body. More confident about an area, the less likely she will gaze at uh, on another woman. So if oh, you're, that's 100% true. If you're, I, I'm assuming what they're saying by that is if you're really confident with your face, if you're like, I've got a gorgeous face then you're not really looking at other women's faces and judging that because you're already very self-confident about yours. I think that's what they mean. Okay. That makes sense. I could kind of see that. But I I mean, I guess it's different for me because I actually date women. Yeah. That's what I was just going to ask you. How do you feel like it's different? But I judge the... I'm the pickiest with certain things. I'm big Ooh, on like teeth. What? Oh, teeth. Oh, yeah, girl. You can't date Very a woman with jacked up teeth? Oh, no. Oh, no. And if they're going to be crooked, let them be clean. Let them be clean. Please. Please. Do you, know? you find a lot of people with bad teeth? Because yes. it's funny. Yep. And yes. really? yes. It's actually very shocking how, especially in D.C., because D.C. is such a handsy, you meet folks a lot, it's always networking, and you're always, like, smiling. smiling. And I am shocked at how many people actually smile with their teeth exposed. That and it's shouldn't... like, you might want to close your mouth. <laughs> Oh, you know what? This guy at the vegan restaurant, the mm-hmm. vegan chef, had really bad teeth. Now that I think about it, it's yeah, yeah it's I a hundred percent agree. And like when when I was like dating and I was single, there was this guy that I was absurdly attracted to. Yeah, and then I like looked at his and it was like on Tinder. So I looked at his Instagram and I saw him smiling with his teeth, and I was like Ooh. horror. <laughs> That's a problem. Horror. Wow. 
See, my thing is I always, like, I'm very self-conscious. I think this was Sammy made me very self-conscious of my upper lip hair. That I always feel like I've got a mustache. So now I look for other women with mustaches, and I think, well, mine's not that bad. She's got like a real mustache. Thank you. What are you talking about? Thank you. Literally, the shadows. It's shadows, you know, it's shadows. (laughs) I'm not even going to lie. Actually, my grandmother, before she passed away, had like a full beard. No, looked me in the face and was like, it's time to start electrolysis, Lucia. (laughs) (laughs) Savage. She died a week later. (laughs) No way. Does that that deter you when you're dating women? Uh, like serious upper. Have you ever dated Sarah's one? Sarah's basically like, like, "Would you date me?" Yeah. What do you think? What would you I check out on me? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> facial hair you can kind of get rid of. True. True. But hair underarms, no, thank you. Okay. You're not Chin, no, thank you. And I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not really a fan of like the trail, the bu- the belly button trail. Oh yeah. Take it off. Just take it off. Take do it women off. have that? All? Yes. Yes. Is it hard to find a woman well groomed? I think of myself and like you know I groom sometimes. <laughs> I'm just thinking in the lesbian community. I don't know. I feel like oh sometimes I think I, I would like to be lesbian or queer because I feel like oh they'll be less judgmental. But is that not it true? De- it depends. I have to say it, it very much so depends. I'm not gonna lie. It depends upon how much I like the woman. Oh there you go. Okay. I, I'm not gonna lie because I. Okay, so I've gone backpacking in the woods before. Okay. No, I'm saying, I'm speaking figuratively. Oh. I've oh, gone backpacking okay. I was like, what in, happened the in the woods, woods? before. And, <laughs> and I have, you know, surfed on, I have ice skated, you know, on the ice. I prefer the ice. ice. Oh, okay. I prefer the ice. Now but I will say, if I'm really into someone, I don't mind, you know. A forest. Packing up and getting in the forest. Wow. I don't mind. Do you have a preference for you? Like, do you, like... I prefer um, the ice skating rink, but with um, coverage, like an yeah. indoor. The ice... Okay, sure. Ice okay, like a rink. little coverage. Yeah, a yeah. little bit of coverage. I mean, I guess we're all adults here. But, you know, but it's so much fun. To speak it is fun. I, would, yeah. I was straight up like, wow, what was the backpacking like? Did no, I have never it? been backpacking. Stop <laughs> Me it. Me too. Me too. Stop like, it. Oh. No, I don't hike. I don't do anything like that. No. Well, I go wine tasting. <laughs> that sounds good. I go What's wine that a metaphor for? In, no, I go wine tasting in the mountains. <laughs> But I will not go backpacking or camping yeah, on awesome. any level. Okay, good. No. All right. I like that. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll say so. I have some friends who draw a hard line. If there is hair there, no. Really? And they will have a conversation. Damn, this is they will, they will straight up go, news. no. Um, you you need to work this out. Yes, one. Of, See, I, I think that's fucking awesome. I'll say one of my coworkers who this actually. Is terrible. I thought I'd ha- I had to better. say this. No. I had a conversation with you when we worked at 107.3. Yeah. So about my ex's ex, and there was a question, can I date my ex's ex? Oh, can you yes. date your ex's ex? I remember this, yeah. 100%. Well, I'm not dating my ex's ex, but we do work together. Oh, too funny. Yes, and we're actually, like, kind of best friends now. That's awesome. Oh, well, it all yes. worked out. Yeah, oh, yes, of course. But she draws a very hard line. No hair anywhere. Wow. I think oh, yes. that that's Very serious. awesome, though. Like, if this is you're, terrible. But not because, like, I subscribe to that same mentality, but it's just because, like, if that's what you're into, like, why would you ever be afraid to say that? Like, I think that if she's so open and she's like, this is what I like, I'm not going to do anything about it if it's not how I like it. Like, that's just like me saying, like, like, you know, oh, I don't like butt stuff. Like... <laughs> 
I don't want to do it. As I see you just it, don't yeah. know. You just don't know yet. Don't worry. You'll get there. You're young. <laughs> no. Oh no. I young. like butt stuff. I'm saying oh. it's in that same idea. An idea. Okay. Uh, a man who wrote fortune cookies. So the guy that actually oh, yeah. writes your fortune cookies now says he's retiring because he has writer's block. Um, after like nearly 30 years of writing fortune cookies for you, he says that they used to be very inspirational and he enjoyed bringing people joy, but now it's just become too much. It's like, you'll be happy maybe next week. And everyone's like, all right. Yeah, he says he's no longer into it, has severe writer's block, so he's giving it up. I mean, that's so cool that that's a job, but you can see how, I, I when I read this article, I thought to myself, yeah, if you're trying to come up with every day, you know, 5, 10, 15 new fortunes for people, after a while, how, you know, happy can you be? Look, it's dark times. It's dark it times. It is dark times. Yeah, you're right. It's hard to find the hope in the world. He also says, too, that a lawsuit came against him and the the uh, government looked into him several years ago when someone played the numbers, the fortune cookies numbers, and actually won a massive lotto. Uh, so that also was a bit of a deterrent for him. Um, they were not, nothing was like, I mean, he didn't talk to anybody beforehand. It happened to be sheer coincidence, but he says that really messed him up. Uh-uh. Uh, he this says, his full-time job? Like, yeah. Did he make a salary doing this? That's yeah. amazing. Uh, Look, they don't have jobs like that now. <laughs> Uh, and he also says that um, over the years, he, they have not only been investigated for the Powerball lottery uh, winnings of $19 million after using the lucky numbers, but once a jilted wife wrote in to complain that her husband had gotten a fortune promising him romance on his next business trip. Oh, and, God. <laughs> yeah, so he says over the years, they've tried to make him be funny, but some people take him very literally, I guess. Come on. You really think a fortune cookie is going to determine if your husband's going to cheat on you in your next trip? Perhaps. If you're that insecure, then maybe you've Perhaps. got something else to worry about. Um, anybody sell Girl Scout cookies when they were younger? Irene? I, Alicia? Either one of you in the Girl Scouts? I have a Scouts? super sad story. Really? <laughs> no, oh, I God. Never, did you? Oh, no. I, I'm black. So what, are there not black so, Girl Scouts? I think now there are, but I don't think that that was like a thing. When oh. I was younger, I don't think it wasn't like that, you're not was allowed to, or was it just no, like, no, I just don't think it was like a thing. I don't think that Girl Scouts were really in our communities. Interesting, gotcha. Yeah. And and I will say, even to this day, because I'm from DC, I should say that I'm from DC, it is very difficult to procure Girl Scout cookies yeah, in the district. Is. It's really? very yes. difficult. I, I have to get, I, I was on Twitter actually last year, like and looking I, for and, them, and I full on put out an APB. I was like, where can I get my Girl Scout? I did that this year. <laughs> I had a mother instantly message me, DM me on Twitter, followed. Where do you work? We can come to your office. We can work with you. We can work with you. How can I get in the building? Can we set up? Where can we set up? Serious about it. Very serious. Oh, well, good. That leads into this story because Thrillist just came out with confessions of the cutthroat world of selling Girl Scout cookies. And I was a Girl Scout when I was little. But, I mean, it was in rural Maine. So there wasn't like you were going to, you know, it's like a small town. It wasn't like a dog-eat-dog world for the cookies. Yeah. That's what it's like now. And I'm having a mom from L.A. that I used to babysit for send me cookies because I can't fucking find them anywhere else. Godforsaken beautiful place that I live in. But that's what they're saying in this article that oftentimes the parents are doing all the legwork selling the cookies. This really isn't about the girls anymore or Girl Scouts. Um, they're saying that parents uh, are very aggressive and using extremely aggressive ways now to get people to buy Girl Scout cookies. Why is this like, I know it raises money for your troop and like you get a certain amount of badges, but it's crazy. But look, people want these cookies. Yeah. We need these cookies. Well, and not only that. That they're What's saying your favorite that one? 
Yeah. Thin Mints. I like, um, what are the Uh, Treffles? I those know. are the shortbread. Truffles? Oh, I the... Yeah, those are the shortbread ones. Trifle? Oh, yeah, yeah the truffles. Ones. And then tagalongs, the peanut butter oh, yeah. covered with the... Tr- oh, yes. Here's the thing. I love Girl Scout cookies, and this is going to sound like a real asshole thing to say, right? And you want to talk about a real first world problem. But I don't eat Girl Scout cookies anymore because many of them are made with hydrogenated oils. And I know. Oh God! <laughs> I know. I know. Like, I'm Sarah, sorry. I'm white too, but like, I mean, there's the I'm line, sorry. girl. I look. Uh, you know what? And this sparks from everybody in my family has cancer. Everything is delicious. Okay, I, it just makes it tasty. Uh, hydrogenated oils are terrible. They're in your peanut they butter. They are fucking horrible. For and me. they're also yeah, and they're in Girl Scout yeah. cookies. And I'm like, you know what? They're giving these toxic cookies to our kids, to the youth of America, lining them up with, you know, cancer, and then pushing these cancer cookies on everybody else. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> Look, there, there are carcinogens in everything. Carcinogens are just true. around us. Let me enjoy my cookie. Yeah. <laughs> Let well, me ahead. enjoy my cookie. Um, but here's the thing. They also say that parents, if you're, if you're, a lot of parents listen to this podcast, too, and I wonder if this has happened, but the parents get an incredible amount of pressure to deliver these damn cookies. Oh, yeah. So, that's, that's true. Yeah. And give me my cookies. Yeah. I'm paid. Uh, parents have no option lots of times uh, if their child falls behind, um, collecting prizes, selling baked goods. It's a major cor- uh, corporation, and they say that the parents get into everything from having to market the cookies, push them in their offices, and and delivering them. Um, if any parents are listening, please let us know where we can find some Girl Scout cookies within the next week or so. I'm not going to lie. I started some beef at my office because I let this lady from Twitter come and deliver cookies and sign people up. Little did I know there was a Girl Scout mom in the office already. <gasps> piss, 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 piss. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a, I had a conversation. Wow. Yeah, was she actually like butthurt about it? Oh, yeah. She was like, um, just so you know, I know you're new here, but I every year my, my daughter is a Girl Scout um, so I, I do the cookies here in the office every year. So you don't have to worry about finding Holy anything. Shit. Um, so, yes, thank you. Oh, my God. So don't fuck it up next time, please, Alicia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is sad. When you get hit with the, I know you're new here. Oh! Yeah. She yeah. hurts. Yeah, uh, I think this was sad too, but it goes on to say that many moms and friendships have been broken up over selling Girl Scout cookies, which seems absolutely ridiculous. People uh, lay claim to various territories, and if you overlap this, I mean, what is this, a gang? This is ridiculous. <laughs> yes, I mean, it it's is. so stupid. The Girl Scout gang. I want to hear, though, if you have a good story, and by the way, to weigh in on any of these, and I, am, I have so many emails, too, to respond, because many people have given me great feedback about the podcast and going to once a week, please email me, sarah at heyfrage.com, and I always tell people now, give me a month to respond which i know again <laughs> she's I know, a busy lady i know again that's like a real asshole we already thing said to say. this we already said this you're in demand i know yeah, well girl. you're like girl scout you. cookies that's what i said last week i don't think it's so much in demand as i really work well like i fire on all cylinders from the time of about 7 a.m until about 3 or 4 p.m and then at 4 p.m i like to be winding down wine time getting in my pajamas so the problem is is the email response conflicts with my work hours like i can only you know what i mean I, it's no, we don't know what you mean. We don't know what you mean. But See, it's okay. I'm crazy as man. Hell. I like to tell I'm a tropical fish. If you've ever had a tropical fish, they're hard as fuck to keep alive because you got to feed them at certain times. you got to keep them at a certain I'm temperature. I'm a tropical fish. I am. They only like certain green. You can't, they get too much plastic in the tank. They die. I really fucking into fish. Yes, like they're the a pain in the end ass. end of our relationship. And it was so annoying. Like, he would literally be online on like, 
fish forums at like 4am because he's like this is a China guy and I'm like uh, we gotta break up I'm really sorry. he had like an 80 gallon tank with all these fish yes they're incredible yeah. that's what I am a tropical fish I'm telling you, it's really bad. i got to eat at certain times, certain things. No hydrogenated oils. Obviously. I'm sure I'll be hearing from the Girl Scouts on that one. Uh, I want to be hearing from the Girl Scouts on where to get cookies. (laughs) Yes, I know. You do want to hear where they can get cookies. Alicia, I want you to, I want to save this for the finale because I feel like you're going to have great opinions. You've had incredibly interesting opinions on this podcast. I'm opinionated. You're awesome, but you give many opinions that make, are, are very well thought out and I think make people think differently, which is what this show is all about. So right. I really appreciate that. Thank you. But how do you feel about the the female author who who wrote that it's very simple while millennial women are not finding love and getting married later and later and then not having successful marriages? She says that currently society is creating a new crop of alpha women who are just unable to love. Um, I'll give you the brief summary, then I want you to weigh in on this. She basically says that women... Um, are now becoming so alpha in the workplace to get ahead, to get what they want, and it trickles over now into relationships. And truly, a relationship needs a feminine energy and a masculine energy to truly work, which that part I kind of agree with because it's almost that yin and yang, you know? She, you don't agree with that. (laughs) Um, Oh, hold on. So she says that, um, more and more women are essentially as, uh, acting too masculine in their relationships, telling their partners what to do. And she says that women need to find that balance of being, quote, nice in a relationship. What, do you, what did you think about this article and her book coming out? Well, the article and, and essentially her hypothesis is half true. Okay. Women are, of course, more self-sufficient. Women are more alpha now than they have been mm-hmm. in the past. Uh, we have to add in some, and I'm, I'm, I should say that I'm generalizing. We sure. need like a drop for general, like mass generalizations, <laughs> like some type, of, some type of drop. Because I mean, of course, things are different culturally. Sure. Uh, but let's say we're working within the confines of America. Um, yes, women are more self-sufficient. They are more alpha now. They are making more money than they did before. So would a woman feel more like she needs to be married? No, that's no longer the priority. The problem is we got half of this argument missing, which is now what we're creating is, yes, we have a new rash of, let's say, let's call them alpha women. Okay. But we also have a nice pile of burgeoning beta men who are now more beta, now more, in quotation marks, soft. But here's the issue. Societal norms don't necessarily accept that. So they're beta. They can't make decisions. They are wishy-washy. They aren't assertive. They aren't necessarily owning their masculinity. I love that. Where are they? But (laughs) But then society is telling them, you need to be more masculine. You need to own your masculinity. You need to be more dominant, blah, blah, blah. But then they just inherently aren't that. So then what do they do? They resent the women. Oh, that's an interesting point. I think that was very articulate. So really what this woman is saying is unfortunately kind of accurate. Um, But I also don't necessarily think we should be phrasing things in we need a masculine and a feminine energy. I don't think that it's that. But I do think women kind of had to get married because if a woman wanted to move out of her house what, 70 years ago, she, yeah, sure, you she had to do it with property. a man. Yeah. She had to, so if you wanted to get out of your house, yeah, you'll probably want to get married. You'll probably have to get married yeah. to do that. Um, women don't have to do that now. 
so you true. Know, you can just own a house. The the writer is Suzanne Vanker, and the book is called The Alpha Female's Guide to Men and Marriage. I also think, too, I mean, I think we have to give up the idea of a traditional marriage. You know what I'm saying? Like, in society, I think more and more people, thankfully, I love, are just either living together for long term. You know, it's it's the, the tr- we got to get rid of that tradition of you got to get married. I mean, I actually believe in marriage. You do? I do. I think people should get married. I think marriage is a beautiful thing. I think the paperwork that it provides, I think the stability that it can create, the partnership that you then join in with this person that you are emotionally and legally bound to, I think marriage is a beautiful thing. And I think it can totally work. I actually believe in marriage. Really? I do. I fully, fully believe in marriage. I cannot wait till I get married. Really? Mostly so I can yell at my friends and then make them like plan everything for me. You know, but you know, the other stuff too is great. Um, okay, good luck. I don't know. I like, you know, I think people are, I think there is something to what you're saying. All I think the benefit of marriage truly is, is if you can stay with someone thick and thin, like really stay with them through the highs and the lows, I think there is something to be said for that. That's very nice. I think the reality of marriage that nobody tells you is very few people really meet their soulmate and are meant to be together. That's a really small portion of the population. For most of us, you have many different soulmates that come in and out of your lives, and it's hard Truly, every day in a long-term relationship. Sarah, are you Polly? Are you Polly? Are, is this is this you telling oh, us that, that you are polyamorous or something? Oh yeah, I'm attracted she, to the she person. Wishes she she you wishes know, you I love Dan dearly, and I'm like, oh my god. There are moments I could totally see us getting married. Then there are moments where I'm like, okay, we could easily split. Like it's, and I think that is truly more what marriage is. And I feel, I think this, the good and the bad part is, I think sometimes a marriage that binds you gives you more incentive to make it work at the opposite time i think then sometimes it makes it so much harder to get out of a relationship that's so toxic that if you weren't married you could get out well but everyone should be getting prenups at this point you should i I, I just don't understand why anyone's getting married without Without a prenup yeah one thousand percent it just makes things so much easier that if it doesn't work out but the one thing i kind of like about marriage is because that idea of you know sometimes we need to know that I got to make this work. I have to compromise. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with like learning that skill. And this is me talking and I'm an only child. So I think sometimes you kind of need that little thing in your brain that goes, no, no, no. Like you need to make this work. Yeah, that's a good point. There are, I mean, there are, I believe in marriage too. And like basically for all the reasons Alicia listed and like my own stuff. And, but there is like like I've been in relationships where I felt like even though I wasn't married and didn't really have like legal obligations, I was like, fuck, I gotta make this work. So I feel like it also just innately is in people to wanna make something work and wanna stick through something. And I think that marriage can be a really can be a really happy like reason yeah, for that. I think like, for, for some fuck, people I gotta, it can. I gotta make this happen and that's like a good like driving force behind it. Okay. Well there you go. I mean, I I always say to Dan, you know, like I never, I always like make him think it's not going to work out, so he'll be surprised when it does. Like, hey, look at this! Look, we, we've been together twenty five years, and I told you it wouldn't last. Look, 
Aren't well, you Kathy, glad? You're right. Here we are. There, see, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God, Lisa, you've been amazing on this. I can't even believe that I've actually been able to say your name correctly throughout most of it. That's like the best part. Congratulations. <laughs> I feel like that's. I'm like, oh. Yay. Where can people find you, follow you? You are absolutely fantastic. You've got to come back. You are a clear voice. Yes. You are yes. amazing. I'm I'm on Twitter at okay. Alicia Michelle and then on Instagram, Alicia Michelle DC. Alicia Michelle, Michelle DC. Follow this woman. She's fabulous opinion, so just well thought out and very convincing and on queer. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, go to dcimprov.com. Buy your tickets. We're going to see you live with Paul Wharton, February 24th at the DC Improv. Irene, where can people follow you? Uh, People can follow me at Irene's Kitchen. I-R-E-N-E-E-S Kitchen. Are you cooking? Are you doing a cooking show? I I don't know. (laughs) All right. Follow me at HeyFrage on almost all the social media. Snapchat's HeyFrage Show. Bye, everybody. I hope you like the longer show. Bye. Thanks, Alicia.